The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Hello, this is Zack Sabre Jr., New Japan Cup winner 2018. And you are listening to Keeping It Strong Style with my mates. Enjoy. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, Keeping It Strong Style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. And let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your hosts Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here Joined by the young boy Josh Smith on today's show, we'll be celebrating our one-year anniversary, naming the November Wrestler of the Month and Match of the Month, giving you an update on World Tag League, as well as covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com slash subscribe to sign up to get all the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. All right, young boy, one year of keeping it strong style is in the books. We did it. Bro, it's our paper anniversary. As I sit here right now, I'm looking it up on Google. The traditional one year anniversary gift is paper. But the good news, we're not no paper champions. We're the real <laughs> deal. The we are the event. ace. The ace. What, what's our, what are we called? The ace of podcast. Oh, yeah. We're the ace of podcast. <laughs> oh, man, it's been a long day. <laughs> and it's been a long year. It oh, has, my dude. Gosh. This last year has flown by, man. It has. Like, in a way, it's, like, flown by. And at, in another way, it's, like been literally like an hourglass just like tiny drops of sand like but before you know it like we're here like i literally cannot believe that we're at a like our one year anniversary like that's crazy like oh my god what kind of what kind of anniversary guy are you like in relationships like uh, you do it up big yeah do it out big you know sometimes you know big dinner gifts or maybe like a mini vacation or something you know cruise or something like that you know what? I'm a I'm a pretty good boyfriend and stuff like that, or dater. Well, if I if I want to be, yeah. uh, when I don't, I'm not. <laughs> but you know, like I've never kept an anniversary. Really? Never. Like this is the most committed relationship I've been in in a long time. Like you and me, Jeremy. Like this oh, is crazy, man. bro. We live together. We got this show. podcast together. Oh, we're tag team champions of New Japan Pro Wrestling podcasting. Uh, like we are the. Uh... Palm Harbor Wrestling Quiz Champions of the World. Yeah, we actually are. <laughs> yeah, and we're like here in the next few weeks, we're going on the Ricky and Clive uh, game show extravaganza. Oh, uh, yeah, the big quiz showdown. Yeah, the six man tag. Last time we were on there, like we freaking mopped them, we dragged them. <laughs> and uh, they're inviting us to come back on there and do a, a, you know, WWE versus New Japan 
uh, six-man tag. UK versus Florida. UK versus Florida. <laughs> they have a secret six-man. We have a secret six-man. We're coming in to defend our belts, defend our titles and our prestige. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be a good episode. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. That The FOH draft is coming oh, up. Oh, yes. Our, our big uh, social suplex Christmas episode. Me, you, uh, Rich Latta, and James Boyd. That's going to be... It's going to be wild. Yeah. <laughs> that's like one of the wildest podcasts of the year. <laughs> All sorts of stuff, man. Wrestle Kingdom is literally like around the corner. World Tag League's been lit. We freaking... Um, man, I don't know. Like we, Our year-end awards is popping off like, like way more than last year. Like it's insane. Like this has been great. Yeah, man. And so, you know, we've been doing this for a year now. Like, anything, any shout-outs, memories, anything you want to throw I, back to? All sorts of stuff. Well, bro, just think about, like, I, I've never gone back and listened to it, but, I mean, I'm sure, like, A, it's not very good, and B, um, I just wonder what our takes were like. But our first episode that we ever did was on the U.S. expansion. Yeah. And I don't even remember exactly what... I know, like, we talked a lot about the upcoming U.S. shows, you know, Supercard and... You know, Long Beach, and I don't even think we knew about all the other, you know, U.S.-based shows they'd end up doing. But, I mean, lots of speculation about the Elite, what their future would be. Some Jericho talk, I believe. Jericho, yeah, yeah, man. And um, that was a short podcast, too, compared to, like... Yeah, it was like an hour and 30 minutes. And I was like, like, all right, that'll be, like, normal every week. And then, next thing you know, two hours. Two hours and 30. Bro, it's Three hours. It's hard when you enjoy... A Which, product like this so much. Right. Like, and we want to give you like the best in-depth coverage that we can. It's not only that. It's like we do one show a week. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not like when we do a show, it's not like Observer. We're dropping it every day or something like that. So like I hope and expect that the people that listen to us, like, you know, if you can stomach listening to us yet for that long, cool. But, you know, I'm sure like for me, when I used to listen to podcasts that were longer, I would you know, listen in my car. So, I mean, I drive to work. Drive, right. I mean, you know. I listen to podcasts at work. So, like, that gets me through the day. Yeah, just be like, yeah, that's exactly how it was. That's kind of how I consumed it. So, I liked when it was longer. I mean, I, I I get, like, you know, time constraints. But, man, like, to see where we were where we were at just one year ago with yeah. the podcast. Dude, the and, first episode, I mean, barely any downloads. And, like. Yeah, what did we do? Like, 40? Yeah, like 40, 50 downloads the first episode. And, like, ever since then, dude, every week. Everything has grown exponentially. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, the show has just gotten better. Like, our viewership, our listenership, like. Engagement. Yeah. You know, we're, we, well, not anymore, but for a long time, we were, like, the newest show on our network. And we surpassed all of them. And I'm, like, <laughs> I, and I'm not saying that, like, out of pride. It's, like, it's a fact. Like, you know, although, although One Nation Radio over on Lords of LOP, like, they're uh they're killing it. Like, yeah, they're killing it over there. Killing our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, and th- to think like this wasn't a grand plan. Literally, we no. we watched a horrible Survivor Series 2017, and talking about how bad WWE was, and then we started talking about how good New Japan was. And I remember I was like, why don't we do a New Japan podcast? Yeah, and I was like, that would be cool. I didn't really know what I was getting into. <laughs> I did not know what kind of commitment like this would actually be. Yeah. Um, because I thought I was a pretty avid like New Japan fan, and I was passionate about the product. But then when I realized like, oh, I gotta watch like Road Two, all these Road Two shows, <laughs> and the entire like World Tag League. Like, bro, we started with the World Tag League, and 
We'll talk about the World Tag League. It's been great this year, but last year... It, it was a rough way to start. <laughs> to, to initiate yourself as, like, like you've never watched a full, like, you know, tournament from New Japan, and then you turn around and you're like, I'm going to start with ta- World Tag League 2017. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Like, it's, it's a wonder we even made it to Wrestle Kingdom. Like, Yeah, dude. And, you know, um, we had... This, whole, this podcast is connecting us to a whole bunch of people. I mean... Yeah. We got to interview uh, Chris Charlton uh, this summer. That's like one of the episodes I'm probably most proud of. Bro, like because of this show, like we've been able to interact with all sorts of wrestlers. Hiroshi Tanahashi, Minoru Suzuki, Juice Robinson. Ishii, Rocky Romero, Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, like the list goes on and on. And other like wrestlers within the industry. And like we've been able like, to break into like the local scene. You know, we got we interviewed uh, Joey Osborne and Blanco Loco. Uh, Aaron we, Nova. We've been able to travel the country and go yeah, to events like went, All In all and WrestleMania. In. Yeah, dude. Um, we've been able to connect with other, like, you know, people that are involved in the New Japan, like, um, you know, online community and things things of that nature. And, like, the fact that people listen to this, like, it it really blows my mind. Right, dude. It's Like, it, it's crazy. Yeah, and then we've, we've had some loyal listeners throughout this year. Uh, you know, guys like Mr. ACP, who we were able to meet at the CEO cross. What up, ACP? <laughs> you know, Mr. Mr. ACP always, you know, makes sure to let us know whether we're right or whether we're wrong <laughs> every week. Let us know what it, what it is. Uh, uh, that's that's our boy. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love Mr. ACP. Uh, you know, guys like Muzza, Maserati, Jar Peanuts, Jar Peanuts, Gentlemanly yeah. Dragon. Yes, uh, Dom Homie One Hundred and One, uh, <laughs> Sir Sam from LLP is a big listener. Bro, uh, even, like, people that we know, like, you know, shout out to Jimmy Flips. Yeah, uh, BJ Baker, yeah. Uh, Zach Porter. I mean, the, the man is mailing us uh, Shibata t-shirts. Yeah, that's, bro, like, that's, yeah, so uh, shout out to Zach. He's a good friend of the show and actually, like, a friend in real life now. Um, yeah, and, it, like, to commemorate our first year, he's, like, sending us these Shibata shirts. And, like, I actually tried to look those shirts up after you showed it to me. And, like, I can't find it on the internet. So, Dude, Zach has the plug. Of, I don't know where on he all, got on all these. Those Shibata shirts are free, bro. I'm great at finding stuff on the internet. Like you, we could be like, we could like meet somebody, right? And if I want to like find them on Instagram or something like that, like I don't, I, it doesn't take much for me. Like, <laughs> I can find whatever, you know. Yeah. You tell me you want to find like a certain like product or whatever, like I'll find it. I can't find those shirts. I literally don't know where he's where he got them, but they're freaking raw and like. That's such, like, a, a nice thing. Like, um, it's kind of cool because we've been buying people shirts all year. <laughs> With all, all the, like, giveaways and all the different, contests, like, contests. Which, yeah. That's been, like, a, a ton of fun. Like, it, I don't know, man. Like, it's been so cool, like, being able to, like... Um, interact with fans who were not familiar with this product and help them get familiarized with New Japan Pro Wrestling and, you know, Pro Rezu and, like, all that sort of stuff. So, like, that's been, like, I've, like, I've been really proud of what we do. Yeah, and we, uh, and also, you know, everybody else that supported the show, you know, uh, Rich Latta, who does, who raps our interest theme song, he was on the, the bonus episode last week and has been on a couple other episodes uh, James Boyd has been on the episode from One Nation Radio. We've had a uh, shout out to Jamie Specter. Yeah, Jamie Specter. Uh, we've had uh, James Boyd. We had uh, Kyle Moore's Golden Lover from uh, Outsiders Edge. Not the SMC podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all sorts of people like, and we need to have more guests in the future. Although, like, we did get a complaint. Like at one point, 
Like, we're doing too many, and people are like, I like it when it's just you two guys. <laughs> yeah, because I think we did, like, what, like two of them, like, back-to-back or something like that, or... It, yeah, and it wasn't even, like, that big a deal, like, yeah. but... I think we did uh, the WrestleMania episode, which was all over the place. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah. the next week we did, uh, like, Sakura Genesis. Genesis and James was on, yeah. We were like, you guys are doing too many guests. <laughs> you guys are getting kind of westernized. Goddamn pal. <laughs> Yeah, man. And, yeah, that's been so cool. Like, me and Jeremy have been able to just, like, we don't ever, guys, I don't know if you can tell. Like, I don't know how professional the show comes off. But, like, me and Jeremy don't sit around and, like, practice or, like, prepare. I mean, we do prepare. Like, we prepare the news and we prepare, like, the questions and the topics. and stuff like that. But what we're going to say is literally off rip. Like, any, like, quote-unquote bits that you might think we, like. It's been funny how many, like, organic, like, funny things have like popped off this and like all the like just different like little nuanced things that and we like do. inside jokes like you know i popped it like, <laughs> <laughs> talking about now with the driving while watching wrestling and yo i'm gonna stop doing that like, <laughs> we need to let's not bring that up <laughs> um but yeah i've just um and you know another thing too is like i i work in sales like that's my whole background so i l- live in a world of rejection you know and I've always thought, like, I could handle rejection like it was nothing. But I'm really protective of our show, and I'm really passionate about what we do. Maybe to a, a certain extent, I'm a mark for myself or for us. <laughs> um, so, like, every once in a while when someone – it's very rare, but every once in a while someone – I'll see something where someone says something negative or disagrees. And, like, dude, I never expected to be so, like, butthurt about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be like, hey. Like, you know, like, I – but the reality is – I say that to say this, like the amount of negativity towards our show is so minimal, but the amount of positivity that you guys give to us and the the positive feedback and support is like so appreciated and so unexpected and like very like humbling and surprising most of the time. Yeah. Like the fact that you guys enjoy what we do, like just two wrestling fans like you know and even like shout out to like random people like i have like random people at work or like at church that will check it out just to support me i mean they, they don't watch wrestling at all but they just want to hear what it's how what it is and what it's about and they're like man this is you know a really good show like, i have no idea what you guys are talking about but this sounds like a really good professional show you guys sound passionate like you know what you're talking about like it's great stuff so yeah i think like the one thing that we have going for us and this isn't to criticize any other new japan podcasts there's numerous ones out there and i i do frequent almost all of you so if you're listening to me i'm listening to you <laughs> and it, it, and it's not to like for comparison but it's a because i love this product so i'm consuming what other people are saying most of the time um, it is also to see what what people say, and everybody has different flavors, different styles, and it's it's great, you know, it's great that there's so much being offered out there. But the one thing that like we bring to the table that I feel like maybe not all the other shows have is like, dude, our chemistry, like, you know, and me and Jeremy been like good friends for a long time, but it wasn't like we were like best friends when we started yeah, the show I mean, or anything. I mean, I I met you in. 2014 yeah at uh rich's wrestlemania party and like i didn't really even talk to you at that party like you, you kind of showed up late and like i was like who's this kid and like yeah i think uh 2014 which one was that uh that was wrestlemania 30 actually i think was it 2014 was it, tw- it was 2015 yeah it was wrestlemania 31 yeah i just left my brother's wedding and um yeah that i, I just shown up but like I, I knew who you were from like the facebook the group, group yeah yeah but yeah i mean um 
you know, with me, and even after that, because I'm a nomad, and I'm always, right. But you moved, and then like, then you came back, and then it was like on after that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, I didn't really know what to expect when we were gonna do a podcast or anything like that, and I've done a lot of like, I'm very realistic about my abilities in certain aspects of life. You know, like if I go out and I. Like, you guys probably don't even know this about me, but, like, I'm a musician. And, like, so if I go out and I play a show and it's not good, I can tell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I know that sort of thing. You know? Um, or, you know, if you do a, a job, it's, like, I'm very critical of the kind of work I do. And I'll come in and do Keeping It Strong style. And most of the – there are times where I'm a little critical of what we do. But I would say for the vast majority of the time that we do this, like, I, I leave the show feeling energized I leave the show feeling like invigorated, like, and I'm always like impressed with the product that we put out there. Um, and like, I'm really putting us over it. So, <laughs> like, we don't really do this on this show very often yeah. at all. Yeah. Like, I'll, but I'll listen to the show even times when I think the show wasn't good, and then I'll play it back and I realize, like, oh, it's good. Like, even, yeah, it's just, it's and so even, crazy. Like, when we have people on our own network that are like, hey, man, the show was really good this week. And, like, they don't have to say that. They don't have to put us over. But they'll be like, you know, I really enjoyed the show this week. And it's like, oh. And, and I think the main reason is, like I said, the the chemistry between us. But it's because we are dedicated to this. Like, we, we, we're not going to sit here and BS you guys. We're, like, we're not going to, um, like, I don't think at any point we've ever tried to get away with not actually watching the product and putting it over like we did. Right. You know, or, like just listening to to reviews and, and stealing ideas or something like that. Like we are literally week in and week out consuming this crap. Jeremy's better about it than I am. <laughs> um, I, I need more dedication, especially in 2019, but I'm watching it all. Like I really am. Yeah. And um, Jeremy really is too. I, every time I come out here, he's got, you know, a freaking, you know, road to shows. <laughs> Um, and I think that that's one thing that that does set us apart is like, you know, some of the other podcasts or things like that, even like Dave and them, you know, they'll just kind of give you like some snaps of what happened. But did you watch it? No, I got to catch up. Yeah. But bro, we've watched everything all year long. Everything. Yeah, dude. Go back in the archives. Every big show, every road to show, every, every tournament, every Lionsgate project yeah, show so from, the, from the smallest show to the biggest show man we covered them all yeah and i'm i am very proud of what we put out there um i do see bigger things on the horizon for 2019 i do think that there is you know if this thing never becomes anything huge and it's just you know this little indie cult podcast <laughs> you know and and we just end up being like you know like early era ROH, you know, sort of deal. Yeah. Like I'm cool with that, but I think that there are, there really are legs behind this and we are trying to, it's not just this show either. We, we, we have made excellent strides as a network. That's another thing I'm thankful for is all the guys that, that, uh, that contribute to, to the success of our, our network, Ricky and Clive over in Scotland, Rance, Carl, Kyle, those guys over at Outsider Edge, I don't agree with a lot of the things they say <laughs> on their podcast, but I appreciate those guys, and I they they are like I love them. They're my friends for real. Yeah, and um, grown men watch this shit, uh, bro. We would never have gotten a chance to meet, to meet Chris Bryan, and like I've got like a man crush on Chris <laughs> Bryan. Like, like 
we connect on that shoot style level, like me and him. Yeah, and uh, Jeremy Tate's like one of the funniest Jeremy guys Tate, on the internet right now, man. Jeremy Tate, like every time I'm looking at his stuff online, I'm like either hysterically laughing or I'm cringing. <laughs> but his stuff's great. Their show is awesome, especially this last week's show. I really enjoyed it. And um, they add a lot of credibility to our network as well. And they really enjoy what they're doing also. And then obviously, you know, James and Rich are two of our best friends. Yeah, One Nation Radio guys. One Nation Radio. They've expanded to a second network this year. Uh, Outsider's Edge has expanded to a second network, and it's just grown what we all do. Um, and we've had a lot of people, you know, writing columns throughout the year. You know, Rich has done a lot of writing Tom. for us. Tom, uh, Caleb, Jordan Fox. Yeah, yeah. Like we would never would have met Jordan Fox or like learned about his inspirational story mm-hmm. if we hadn't done this show. Um, and I, I do feel like in his life, this show has literally, and I'm not trying to take all the credit because he's a hard worker and he's, he's the Jeff Jarrett, uh, (laughs) uh, of social suplex podcasting network, but you know, who's to say whether he would even gotten into the wrestling industry if this show didn't exist. Right. I mean, he, he's a guy like hit me up, like, dude, I found your show. I'm listening to every single episode. Um, you know, I want to be involved with social suplex, you know. Uh, he started writing for us, and you know, then he got the opportunity to apply for um, a position at an actual wrestling promotion. And I wrote him a letter of recommendation just based off what he's done for us. And he got the job, and like now he's actually working in the business and like wrestle, working for all these shows. He's trained to be a wrestler. So all from the start, all from a simple connection from Social Suplex and keeping a strong style. Yeah, that's it's so crazy. We got to hang out with him for an extended period of time, which I was really thankful for. We got to meet Floyd. Floyd's my dog. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a longtime listener of this show. Yeah, he puts us over all the time. Yeah, he's, he does. Yeah, he's probably hearing this as well. Yeah, um, and that was and that was great. And I'm hoping to you know see those guys again soon. Maybe WrestleMania. I don't know. Yeah, well, Floyd's definitely going to be at WrestleMania week, and I've been keeping in touch with him. He definitely wants to meet up uh, during that. Maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can all. We'll, we'll work out the details. We'll work it out. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that that like those those sorts of connections like wouldn't exist. Like, dude, I got like recognized WrestleMania weekend and got to meet Joe Lanza from Voice of Wrestling, which like I'm a freaking fanboy and Mark for that dude. Like, <laughs> which is so crazy. Um, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, we go to a lot of indie shows and just wearing our social suplex shirts. People are starting to be like, "Hey, you're social suplex." I think I've seen that or I've heard that or like. Now it's the point we we walk into indie shows and people like are saying hi to us all the time now. Yeah, it, it's it really is like incredible. Yeah, when we were in Chicago, um, that photographer I forget. Oh yeah, uh, Abby the Butcher. Yeah, Abby the Butcher. He recognized us. He's like, let me get you boys some, some drinks. drinks like, yeah, like, yes, <laughs> like that's my dog. Shout out Abby, man. And um, it's just so it's just crazy. Like, and um, when I try to explain this, I've tried to explain to people like what we do. I don't really put over our podcast too much. Like, to, I mean, this is a pretty segmented part of my life, so it's not like I'm walking around telling people like, "Hey, check out the show, check, check out the show," you know? Because yeah. this, this is a niche product. But when I tell people, and like, then I'll like slowly but surely explain to them like, "Yeah, we have connections in the industry," and like we, but like that's such a weird thing to say like to me because I'm just like a simple Mark, bro. Dude, dude, I have a big time Mark, and just the fact that I'm like friends with like local indie wrestlers is like crazy to me like I walk like literally we you walk into like a FIP or Evolve and like you know, I'm slapping hands with like dozens of wrestlers that all know me by first name and are like or like Chris Charlton was like on our show and I know we said that but like 
he commentates for this product. Like yeah. he's written books about this product. He's like a respected authority. And like, we didn't tell anybody this, but when we first started like the show, it was like a pipe dream to have him on the show. We were like, dude, we, <clears throat> we should try to reach out to Chris Charlton. Like, yeah. do you think he would do it? And we're like, I don't know. He's, big, <laughs> he's big time. And like yeah. having like someone like that on our show was like so cool. Like, and like when we were just talking before the podcast even started, I was like, I just want to sit here and like chat with him about like Anokiism. <laughs> Yeah. And, like talk about like the Hase era, like this yeah. is awesome. You know, we've had you know Rocky Romero, Zack Saber Jr., Juice Robinson, Scorpio Sky, all do shout outs for our show. How can we not ever play the Chris Charlton one? I forgot about that. I need to. I need to pull it up. I was thinking. I keep re- wanting to remind you. Like, why don't we ever play that? But like, I guess we just don't have it ready to go. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like pulling up like whatever's like the most recent file and trying to file through them. But I need to pull that up and save it on the desktop. Yeah, and like. Um, who did our uh, our our artwork? Oh yeah, man, uh, Mike Ferg. Yeah, shout yeah, out to Mike sh- Ferg. Shout out to Mike Ferg, man. He's he's done like the graphics for our logo and all the logos for the network for free of charge, man. And, and he does a quick turnaround. He's like, sure, I can do that. Bam, don't charge. And he's like, just give me a shout out, and I'm happy. Anyone who's ever listened to our show, commented on any of our posts reviewed our show given us star ratings anyone who's ever participated in any contest the voting that we do each year um just like thank you guys thank you for like making this possible making it worthwhile like you don't know what you contribute to us and our lives like it's awesome yeah this is like huge thank you thank you all you guys so much and like uh before we move on like i just want to say like i would say like Probably, and I don't usually get into like personal stuff very often, but like, probably like the last couple months have been definitely, I would say, personally difficult times. Definitely. Um, and I'm not even like that open, like Jeremy. Like, I'm not even open with Jeremy. <laughs> I live with him. And there was like a, uh, a time period. Not, when, when was uh, Kyle on the show? Uh, like, Three weeks ago now? Four weeks ago? A month ago? Something like that? Yeah, like just a month ago. Um, yeah, and I mean, that was because there is like real, like, stuff. <laughs> There's real stuff going on in my life. And I was literally, and I never talked to Jeremy about it because I hadn't like even decided. I was never going to leave the show, but there was a point where I was like, dude, I might, like, I, we, I never even said this, but I was literally like, I might need to take like a break, take a hiatus come back and I was but I was like I don't even know how I would do that you know what I mean yeah um but I was really like literally feeling like that's what I needed to do and the fact that like New Japan is just so awesome you know and it like wrestling is wrestling you know mm-hmm. like wrestling's wrestling like it your your real life still exists you know it's not like we don't live in a fantasy world but like this product is really freaking awesome but beyond that, being like this show, there have been times where things in my life have been really, 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 really bad. And I know Jeremy like has gone through some like yeah. Dude, I, was about, I was about to say, dude, the last year has been crazy for me. Uh, going through a divorce, like right before this show I started. Say it, but... I mean, I mentioned it on the show before, but yeah, okay. going through a divorce. I mean, my grandfather uh, passed away. Like I think like a week or two before we did the show, started doing this show, like. My grandfather was the one that got me into wrestling and was a huge wrestling fan. And I was like sad that he was never be able to hear the show. Mm. And so like going through all that, I mean, this show has been like literally one of the the highlights of 2018 for me. 
Yeah. And like getting me through all that stuff. So yeah, this this and I'm still going through difficult things in my life, and we probably always will be. Um, you know, Christmas time even is just like a difficult time for me personally, but this show does add like it, it really does benefit me in ways that I couldn't ever really express to other people, you know, <laughs> and um, yeah, like just thank you guys for, you know, listening to the show and, and everything that that goes on with it. Even if you don't always agree with everything we say, <laughs> everything yeah. that we do, you don't you don't understand um, how much it, it helps us, you know. And yeah, and New Japan's freaking awesome. Yeah, like, New Japan is freaking awesome. We're gonna finish 2018 strong. 2019 is gonna be a great year. We have plenty of ideas in the works to expand, keeping a strong style and social suplex. To Give make us this, money <laughs> to make this thing bigger and badder. We need money. <laughs> oh, but man. yeah, no, this it, it's been awesome. I feel like, man, I feel like I I don't want to forget anything or like miss anything. Right. I, I don't. Is there anybody else that we need to give shout outs to? Uh, no, nah, screw them. We, we're, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> I screw them. Like, oh, you know what? Uh, Mike no. from uh, Pure Res Pure Resu Road. I, I man. actually, I was gonna say, yeah, like Mike from Pure Resu Road for you know putting us on his website. Like yeah. that's so insane. Like um, anyone else who's like ever contributed, like a- what? Uh, yeah, Amy uh, Phoenix NJPW on Twitter. Amy, yeah, she's a great, become a great friend of the show. Um, we have someone else reviewing for us too. Um, we just did a podcast with him. Uh, Wilfred. Oh, of course. Yeah. Wilfred watches. Yeah, Wilfred, man. What up, Wilfred? Um, I heard some rumors. There might be a bidding war for, uh, for, for Wilfred. Wilfred. Hmm. He's a, he's a, he's a uh, free agent out there. What's he doing January 1st? What are you, what are you doing January 1st, Wilfred? <laughs> oh, man. WWE's probably going to sign him. Right. <laughs> sign him to an NXT deal. They're already blocking uh, wrestlers from our network. You know, Ricky and Clive have been trying to interview... <laughs> Uh, NXT UK wrestlers and really yeah and I think they've tried to interview like Noam Dar and a couple other guys and they've declined them really only because like, I'm guessing you know WWE doesn't want those guys getting you know the exposure on social suplex wow <laughs> but um yeah man seriously thank you guys this has been awesome and I'm looking forward to big things in 2019 yeah 2019 my god all right. So speaking of you know, also and, I'm going to Japan next year. Over uh, what 20, 2019 or twenty twenty? I'm going to the Tokyo Dome next year. Like I've 2020? already, I've already made up my mind. Dude, like, I've been thinking deal. the same thing. Dude. No, I'm it's bl- a done deal. Like I'm not going to WrestleMania next year. Like I'm going to the Tokyo Dome. Screw it. Like I also fa- like I don't know. Did do you know about the deal? We might be able to get New Year's Dash tickets next year. No. We got a hookup. We got a hookup. Oh, snap. We got a hookup. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, we're done. Like, I for sure, for sure, for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like, I've been to Asia before, but never to Tokyo. Like, going to Japan next year. Period. Boom. Keeping a strong style. Live broadcast from Japan. Keeping his strong style takes Tokyo. <laughs> oh, man. And uh, also, we want to give a shout out to everybody that's been voting in the second annual Keeping It Strong Style year-end awards. The voting's been popping. We've already surpassed last year's number of voters. We surpassed it in the first day. In the first day. Yeah. Yeah. It took us a whole month or so to get to that number last year, and now we've blown that out in one day. It's continuing to grow. The voting's open for the next couple weeks, so it's only going to get bigger. 
If you uh, guys are listening to this and you are a fan of the show and you want to help us as a as a um, one year anniversary gift, please share our post. Share if you are in a wrestling group on Facebook or Reddit or uh, what other like places are there? Facebook, Twitter, anywhere. Twi- yeah, tw- Twitter. Tweet it out. Just like help us get like because I feel like we worked really, 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 really hard on those awards. And I feel like we have some of the coolest and like most creative like categories with really good nominations. I know that some of you who are probably listening because we've heard you on Reddit don't agree with some of the exclusions and all the choices. But um, and I and I hear you. I get that. But at the end of the day, like we worked really hard on this, and I want to see like these be prominent awards. And I already feel like they are. Yeah, like, <clears throat> you know, with our, with our nominees, you know, it's one of those things where we we don't want to have like. 30 nominees for every category. Oh, like, yeah. we want it down to, like, the nitty-gritty, like, this is the best of the best. Yeah. So that's why maybe some of your favorites, they, they were they were in contention for a lot of these awards, Bro, but... The thing is, with New Japan, everyone's great. Like, so, like, right. anyone... You can make an argument most days that, like, someone does or doesn't deserve, you know, a spot. Like, for instance, Most Improved was, like, one of the hardest ones. We cut, like, mad people mm-hmm. because everyone's always growing, improving, improving. the. It's such a fluid company and different things like that, just as an example. But, um, I mean, last year it was cool. We got the Young Bucks to tweet out uh, the fact that they won our awards. Yeah, yeah. They, like, liked the tweet and, like, retweeted it or whatever. That was cool. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I would like this to be something that, like, is sort of kind of somewhat recognized. Like, and hopefully we can, like, grow to a point where, like, oh, you know who else I want to thank? Um... Who was it that we met out at All In from the the unofficial New Japan? Oh yeah, club? yeah, yeah. What? Uh, Esteban. Yes, Esteban. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he listens to the show. Yeah, and shout out to Esteban. We need we need to connect with him and yeah, get more of his stuff out here. Yeah, we should get him on the show sometime. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's great meeting him. Uh, but, but please, yeah. please vote. Share the voting. Help us grow this thing. You're a part of this community, and hopefully, like. You know, that would be, like, something awesome. Like, we don't really ever ask you guys to do anything, hardly. So if you get a chance, like, it takes two seconds, just share our freaking, you know, awards, voting, yeah. voting awards. Because you guys can help us grow more than we can. Like, we're limited. Jer- and especially me. Jeremy's way better at the... Oh, that's who I wanted to thank. <laughs> Before we move on, I need to thank Jeremy for hosting this show with me. But also, like, doing almost everything. <laughs> guys, if if... if if I was off for a week, the show would be fine. <laughs> the show would be totally fine. Jeremy runs the sound, the audio, the editing, the freaking graphics, the actual posting of the of of it, the marketing, the advertising. I'm the talent. <laughs> I show up and I talk and that's and I act like entitled like I own half this crap, <laughs> but I really don't do half the crap like at all. Uh, and in the past, I used to even do all the news, and that's been tsh, last month. Nah. <laughs> so Jeremy, like, yeah, I gotta thank Jeremy for like everything that he does, everything he contributes, and being the the face of this uh, this podcast. And when I say the face, I mean literally the baby face. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, every baby face needs a heel, and this show would not be the show without. It's, it's Jeremy and the young boy. Like, that is keeping it strong style. Sure, you might miss a week and we might pull somebody in, but it's not the same. Like, you know, Ky- having Kyle on was cool. That was cool. one time. I'm just saying, like, having Kyle on was cool, but at the end of the day, it's like, this this show is Jeremy and the young boy. Like, it's a, it's a tag team. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so what do we got next? So what any, are we getting into? any other comments on the year-end awards? Anything else you want to mention? or Share that crap. Yeah. Share it. And, uh, you know, Christmas Day will be the day that we'll announce the winners for all that. I'm excited. I'm excited for that show because we can really focus, like, the, the people that win. We, we're not going to tell you guys who's winning or anything like that because I don't want to do anything that can uh, manipulate the voting or anything right. like that. But there are some categories where I'm very surprised. Very surprised. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Like, I thought some of this stuff was open and shut and locked up, but... Um, and some of it is, but there's some of it where I was like, really? <laughs> um, so, and, and it's great because I love the idea that like, there's such a, cons- one thing I will say though, is that like last year, it seemed like there was this kind of like, I know we talk about Westernization, but there was like this Western sort of, it was like almost a lot of like bullet club, young bucks, like I don't want to say it that way, but it did seem like a lot of the voters swayed that way. Like you could just tell by the types of, by who was this year. It's like new Japan fans. Yeah. It's like people that like diehards are, are voting in this thing. And you can really tell based on, I mean, cause there's certain guys that like, unless you really follow the product, like, how are you going to know to vote for them or whatever? And like, there's certain guys that like, I'm like, whoa, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's been cool. Really, really, really cool. And it just feels like our listener base, not to say there's anything wrong with, if you're a fan of the Bullet Club, because I know Jeremy is, yeah. and I am, but I'm wearing a Bullet Club shirt <laughs> right now. Although I think the Bullet Club that I'm representing these days is Jay White's Bullet Club. <laughs> you got to breathe with the switchblade. Not not just a version of the Bullet Club, the, the Bullet Club. Club. <laughs> but um, yeah, no man, like, but yeah, it just it's so cool to kind of feel like maybe we have this little corner of influence within like New Japan fandom, like, which is so yeah, weird but cool all at the same time. I'm just waiting for the day that Kevin Kelly mentions us on commentary. I would love that. <laughs> we got to get him on here. You know he'll do it too. Like if we ask him, so yeah. like we just—it's hard though because we so many weeks. Like we there's so much stuff to actually cover. It's kind yeah. of yeah. But all right, now we're gonna jump into questions this week. Um, oh God, I should have looked at this before we started. Like you, I know you said them to me, but I was not paying attention. So like I don't have any. My answers are not ready to go. Yeah, and normally we we try to like pepper the questions in what we're talking about, but. None of the questions related to anything about World Tag League at all. You so. guys are not watching. <laughs> you guys are not watching the Tag League. You're depending on me and Jeremy to watch it, so you can just like listen in and get like the recap. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, we're gonna run through these questions real quick. At um, Sir Samuel on Twitter, um, he asks, "How does Chris Jericho fit into NJPW in 2019?" Hmm, I don't know. I don't like to talk about Chris Jericho on this show. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <clears throat> if if there's anything I've had bad takes on all year long, it's my Chris Jericho <laughs> predictions. I suck at it. Like I don't ever know what this dude's doing. Like I don't even want to jinx it because I'm gonna tell you right now what he's gonna do, and it's gonna be completely inaccurate. Right. I mean, honestly, I mean, obviously, there's no ex- exact way to predict what Jericho is gonna be doing because I mean, he works so hard to, for it to be unpredictable. But I do. I, I have a feeling he sticks around in New Japan next year, and I think maybe we'll finally get maybe a Jericho Okada, maybe a Jericho Tanahashi match at some point next year. That, that's what I would say. I think Jericho will continue to do cool and interesting things in big matches, 
He, you know, had a very successful cruise this past year. He loves touring with Fozzie. Um, sure, he could do stuff with WWE, and he might. I don't know. Like, who knows what's going to happen, bro? And who, re- bro, with this, the AEW stuff, right? Who knows what kind of money Vince might just like decide to throw at him? You know what I mean? Time to come home, pal. Yeah, they might. They <laughs> might tell him it's time to. Goddamn, pal. <laughs> they might tell him. But um, with that being the case, uh, Jericho probably like is afforded so much freedom, so much creativity, so much money. That, like, I think he'll be here in New Japan in 2019. I will say this, though. I think that we are going to see a different version of Chris Jericho. If I can make one prediction, we will not be seeing Alice Cooper, Chris Jericho, (laughs) much longer. Yeah. That Chris Jericho with the masks and the fedora and And the the black face paint. That's a very anti-LIJ sort of persona that he's taking on. I don't anticipate that that will be what he would do in the future going forward. Um, but I think you're right, Jeremy. I think he really, really wants to work with Naita or with uh, Tanahashi and Okada. Um, I could even see him possibly working with, say, Minoru Suzuki or mm-hmm. Jay White if he yeah. were to turn face. Those are possibilities. Right. Real possibilities. Um, so, yeah. I mean, um, I don't know... I don't expect him to be here very active, but I mean, we got big shows. We got Dominion. We got the MSG card. I'm sure he would love to continue to forge the relationship he has with them and Ring of Honor and all that. So I would be surprised if Chris Jericho completely bows out, but, you know, maybe we'll see him like two or three times this year. Yeah. And then uh, Reddit user Muzza underscore 44, he says, Name three juniors you think would benefit from going up to heavyweight. And three heavyweights who would benefit by going down to junior heavyweight. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So three I mean, three juniors we, that can go. We don't, we don't both need to do it because, I mean, if you name three and I name three, and there's a good chance yeah. they're going to be the same similar picks. Right. So. Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay is clearly someone who could definitely benefit from going up to heavyweight. Um, I'm going to say number two, probably Shingo Takagi. Mm, yeah. I mean, he pretty much is a heavyweight, so... Um, and if you had to pick a number three, I mean, there are quite a few guys you could potentially pick. It would be, be a toss-up between Kushida and Hiromu. Ooh. I was even thinking Marty. Oh, yeah. Or wow. Show. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, let's, let's, let's make it the, the, the official Keeping It Strong style three picks. I'm gonna say Kushida. Yeah. Oh man, but Hiromu. But Hiromu. Um I mean Kushida's been in the division longer though. But Hiromu's ready. Yeah. They're both ready. But Hiromu's like ready, ready. Hiromu's a superstar. Yeah, he's a superstar. But so is Shingo. Um But like Kushida, like I would love to see him go up. I don't know what what do you, you want to pick Hiromu or you want to pick Kushida uh, or you want to or you want to say Shingo needs to stay down at at, at Junior for a while. Nah, man, Shingo's I mean it's Jack, he's man. Jacked. He's, he's huge. He's jacked. Vascular. Just look at him. Look at him. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna go Kushida. I agree, Kushida. He's been here for a long time. He's had a ton of reigns. He's ready. Let's do it. Uh, uh, you know who my first pick is gonna be? Ishii. Tomo Hiro <laughs> Ishii, baby. 
Um, yeah, I would love to see Tomohiro Ishii go down to junior. Um, who else is that heavyweight that could like really afford to do that? Uh, I mean, I don't know if it would benefit him, but one guy I could think of who has the frame for it, Zack Sabre Jr. Mm. Although, to be honest, like I don't know if it would benefit Zack or Ishii, but those are like two guys who could do who it. Who could do it, yeah. Um, you know, Chase Owens, if he cut weight... He was a junior. I know he was a junior. Yeah. He moved up, but I mean... If he got in shape? Yeah, if he got in shape, like... If he got in fighting shape? Yeah, and just yeah. like... He could be like the killer of a junior division. I would love... Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, that's that's a great... That's a great pick. Yep, so Chase, Ishii, and ZSJ. Yeah. And you know what? That would actually maybe not benefit them so much, but it would really benefit the junior division to have guys be willing to cut weight to try and make it there for the prestige of the title. Well, you know... Uh, Tongaloa, he's he said he <laughs> he wishes he could you know cut weight. That's a good question though. I like it. I like it. Um, then uh, our boy Maserati, he says, "You and the young boy are wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Who do you draft for the Keeping It Strong Style faction? It can be any currently active wrestler in New Japan this year, even part timers like Jericho." What kind of faction will we have? That's a good question. Are we are we gonna be overall faces, heels, a little mix of both? Like, well, you guys probably don't know this, but Jeremy's got a background in amateur wrestling. He when he used to wrestle, they call him the shooter. So I mean, and, and we are strong style, so I think we would need a strong style slash shooter. And you know, I've got a background in Brazilian jiu jitsu. Yeah, we need like fighting. A... Like I think we need an Inokiism group. That's what we need. <laughs> Oh uh, man, I feel like we need like we need like Zack Sabre Jr. All right, let's um to do this really really quick. How many guys would be in our faction? Like like let's keep it tight. Let's keep a tight faction. Okay, like, so it's us two. You want to bring like, in like Lij? Like how many guys are in Lij? Five. Is it five or is it six? Two heavyweights, two juniors, and Naito. Is that right? Naito, Evil, Sonata, Bushi, Hiromu, Shingo. Oh, there's six now. Yeah, man. Oh, that's right. There's three juniors. My yeah. bad. Okay, let's let's keep it at six. All right, so we're bringing, bringing us two. So we're bringing in four, four guys, and I I say we bring in like freaking shooters. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you pick your first one. Who who we take? I want saber. All right. Well, then I'm gonna bring in freaking Suzuki. Uh, so us two, Suzuki, <laughs> saber. Like this is Ishii. You're bringing in Ishii? Yeah. Or I'm bringing in Kushida. Bro. That's the stable, right? That's the stable. Keeping it the keeping a strong style stable. The Inokiism stable. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you know, uh, somebody in the uh Muslim in the Reddit joke, it's like you should just draft all like the Reddit users. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Right. Yeah, people started like taking roles and yeah, like Jar Penis said he'd be like the underused guy or something like <laughs> I'd be the Jay White. <laughs> Turn on all of us. Yeah. Oh man. Uh then Reddit user IV fifty two seventy seven. He says, What is something you miss that New Japan used to do? Hmm. Interesting question. What is something that New Japan used to do that you miss? Uh, well, I do. I don't know how often they did it, but like the streamers, that's never been a new Japan. Never been a new Japan thing. What about the flowers? Was that a new Japan? Yes. Thing? Yeah, they use. You know what? That was gonna be one of my answers. Was the pageantry yeah. of championship title matches back in the day? 
I really missed that. Um, and the flowers were part of that. Yeah. Although they did it a lot in the like seventies and eighties more so than like later on. But dude, I miss those big freaking like I know he would have matches where they like he would win a match and they'd bring him out four trophies and you'd be like, Why did you win <laughs> why did you win these life size like literally human sized trophies with streamers all over and flowers and like garlands put around them? <laughs> like it was kinda ridiculous, but like I kinda like that. Um it, it felt it felt special. And you like compare that to like the trophies that guys get nowadays, like, you know, you win like a best super juniors and your freaking trophy breaks you know? <laughs> yeah so that's one thing um they do it most of the time but so i i shouldn't say i, I miss it because they do it but they don't do it consistently the championship video mm, there yeah. are times when they don't do it and i think they should never skip it dude i think they should do it for like all the belts i know they did oh, it, yeah they did it one time for hiromu for the junior title but they should do it for do it for the junior title, do it the for the tag the titles. Yeah, prepare the champions for all the belts. Um, is there anything else I could say that I missed that they... I liked back before Bushi Road took over for the Tokyo Dome shows, matches used to have weird names. Like, like, they, like they would title matches with weird titles. Um, they they actually did it this year for uh, the Cody Kota Handsome Battle. <laughs> Handsome Battle! Um, but they used to do that a lot, like, for big Tokyo Dome matches. Like, matches would have specific, like, titles that were weird as crap, and they, I didn't, never knew what they meant, but I loved that. Um, that's one thing I miss. How about multiple Dome shows a year? Oh, I didn't re- I realize that. There were multiple New Japan Dome shows? Absolutely, yeah. It almost put them out of business. <laughs> But yeah, like I, that's something I miss. Um, multiple dome shows in a year, and I'm not saying they need to run the Tokyo Dome, but like, let's run the like freaking um, Osaka Dome or like one of these uh, like like where Dominion is or um, Fukuoka Dome. Like that would mm-hmm. be freaking cool. Um, well, if the way attendance has been going, they might have to start doing that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Business been up. Like I think that they could definitely at some point in the future get away with doing. I think they could do Dominion in a dome. Yeah. Dude. I think that's the next step. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, Reddit user Problem Penis. <laughs> <laughs> What's so problematic about it? I think he might need some uh, blue chew. Some blue chew. Okay. <laughs> and now we want to take a time. Take a, now we want to <laughs> take a moment and tell you about our good friends over at Blue Chew. <laughs> that was another thing that was funny this year. The impromptu. <laughs> You thought those strikes from Kota Ibushi <laughs> were hard. <laughs> Wait till you get your dose of blue chew. Oh my gosh. But he asks, uh, he says, sorry if it's been asked before, what big events do you predict to happen at New Year's Dash? And I think we did get this question like a week or two weeks ago. Um, but I think we were like, it's, it's so hard to... Not a good fantasy booker, bro. Because like, literally New Japan Dash, it's so wild. Like There's so many angles like that happen that it's hard to predict. Like, I would have never have predicted, like, Kenny trying to get Jay White to join the Bullet Club. Was that, that was New Year's Dash? When Kenny, when Jay White tried to join the Bullet Club? When Kenny tried to get... Yeah, that yeah. was, when he tried to, yeah, and Jay White turned on him and joined Chaos. Right, or Jericho attacking Naito, like, I never saw that coming. The year before, when, uh... Um, AJ Styles got one-winged angel by, and kicked out of the Bullet Club by right. Kenny Omega. When, um, Suzuki Goon came back. And like destroyed everybody. Oh, that was yeah. The one I just mentioned was two years. That wasn't even the same year. Yeah, right. last year Suzuki Goon showed up, like returned 
from Noah and they like destroyed chaos. Um, it's really hard to predict this sort of stuff. It, it really, and that's the great thing about New Year's Dash. There, you never know what it's gonna be. It's, right. It's really cool. So I don't have like a like an like a prediction, but um, I don't know. I mean, like I I'll make a prediction. Okay, here's gonna be my my prediction. You want my prediction is Katsuya Kitamura returns from injury and freaking destroys Kenny Omega. Ooh. And challenges him to the new begin for a title shot new beginning. It's probably never gonna happen. <laughs> Shows up, hits him with the spear, jackhammer, and challenges him to a title shot. Dude, that sounds good. But give give me an off the wall prediction, something crazy. Um, Kawato returns from excursion and beats uh, Kishida for the belt. Bro, he's not gonna. Wait, at New Year's Dash, he's going to show up and get a title shot at New Year's Dash? Yeah. How would he get a title shot at New Year's Dash? <laughs> Kushida comes out, open challenge. Oh, that's never going to happen. Mine, mine's way Wait, more likely. You, you sit off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, man. But yeah, we just to be true, we have no clue what's going to happen at New Year's yeah. Dash. Like, uh, next question comes from Jar of Peanuts. He said, if you could bring in one wrestler... For each faction to serve as their new job, or who would it be? A lot of faction questions today. Yeah. I don't know. What's wrong with the What's wrong with the jobbers they got right now? <laughs> um, oh my God! How there's six factions, right? Yeah, I mean, you got Chaos, Bullet Club Elite, Bullet Club OG, Lij, Gucci Gun, Gucci Gucci Japan. I don't even think I can answer that question. Like, I there's so many people. I don't even know who's on the roster. Like, my my mind is so muddled right now. But I'm feeling like he's saying, could you bring it in? I think he means like an outside of New Japan wrestler into one of these factions to be the new, their new job. He didn't say that. He just said bring in one wrestler for each faction. So yeah. it could be hypothetically based on what you're saying, it could be New Japan or outside. Yeah. But I mean, why would I? Why would I want to bring in someone to be a jobber? Like, oh, they the jobbers are fine. <laughs> I don't understand. The jobbers are fine. The jobbers <laughs> are fine. It's okay. Everything's okay. Um, unless, like, you're just looking to, I don't know, elevate the jobbers that are there. Right. Um. Like, I'm just thinking, like, the people that are probably... So, let's go by, in fact, let's go by the fact of who the jobbers are. Suzuki Goon, who are the jobbers? Um, Iska. I guess Iska and Kanemaru. Yeah. Mainly. Taka. Yeah. They got jobbers. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, like, I don't know who, like, none of those guys really need to be elevated. What's what's the benefit? Like, bringing in someone else, someone, I mean, I guess if you brought in a young lion or something like that, I just, this, this question's too hard. Jar yeah. peanuts. <laughs> <sighs> Man. Usually I love your questions, but I don't think I can do this one this week. I gotta move on. All right. My bad. I, I just, I can't do that one. Um, Mr. ACP says, looking ahead to next year, what do you think Kojima's chances are for a G1 spot? In your opinion, does he deserve a chance for a final appearance in the tournament, a la Nagata from last year? Absolutely. I th- I was actually anticipating him getting his like swan song this past year, and then obviously what he tore his ACL. Yep. So I think that it's a hot, well. 
I think it would have definitely happened this year. That was what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in the A block, because they would have murdered him. In the <laughs> he would have got killed in that B block. He would have murdered. We wouldn't have a, a Kojima to talk about this year. Like my god. Yeah, dude. But um, yeah, I think I think he'll definitely be in it. Well, I think it's less likely this year than it would have been last year, just given the f- fact of the injury and all that. But I still think it's a high likelihood, and I hope that they do that because we got that with you know with uh, Nagata last year, and we got it with Tenzan I think the year before that. Right, Kojima gave his spot up to Tenzan, right? Yeah. So and Kojima has been looking really, really good during this tag league, and he's looked good since he got back. Um, so yeah, I think that would be a great idea. Like I hope that happens. Well, it, it'll be super, bro. We'll have to like create some sort of content for the show where like I like tape Jeremy during like <laughs> during like every Kojima match during the Kojima matches to see his responses. Like Kojima's gonna get that one consolation like with win over like bad luck folly and like I swear to God this man's gonna be crying over here. <laughs> oh man, but of course Kojima needs to be in the G one next year. Um, it's gonna be tough because I mean there are a lot of guys that. That's are... That's the only thing I was thinking. Like, who this... do you who do you take out to put Kojima in? This year would have been easier, um, but now like the roster feels like it's expanding. There's guys getting better. He's obviously deteriorating, and this that's not a criticism on him. But every it's just, just every year that he's not in that final year is another year removed from like his prime. So it's right. harder to have a good G one. Um, and who knows? Maybe he'll just keep being in G one. So like maybe that maybe he's not ready to be done. I don't know. But uh, it's less likely than this year than it would have been last year. But they they'll probably end up doing. For me, that. I, I would uh, give Yoshihashi the boot for Kojima. <sighs> Makabe. Yeah, Makabe. I don't know. Toru Toriyanu. No, <laughs> Yano's like a highlight of the G one. Come on, come on now. <laughs> oh man, and then. Um, I think we got one last question. Yeah, from uh, John Edward in the Wrestling Squared Circle. He says, with the rumor or maybe even official announcement, I'm not sure, of PCO signing with Ring of Honor, which New Japan guy would you put him against at G1 Supercard? Tomohiro Ishii. Run it. Yes. Run it. Ishii or Suzuki? No. That doesn't sound good to me at all. Suzuki and PCO? Suzuki tying up PCO for like... (laughs) For like a twelve-minute match, like nothing gonna be tight. It could be just a, a striking battle. It could be, but I feel like he'll just like. You're right. He could do that. He could do that. But Ishii, I mean, it's another. Oh my god, him and Ishii would freaking kill, bro. They'd kill each other. Yeah. I want Ishii to go against the other new Ring of Honor signee, Brody Lee or Brody King. Yeah, Brody Lee. Is, uh... <laughs> Is what's his face from uh, um, Luke Harper? Yeah, it's Luke Harper. Yeah. But uh, Brody King, I think Ishii, I would love to see Luke Harper and uh, Ishii. Ishii too. Yeah, that too. That'd be uh, stellar. Uh, but uh, Brody King and Ishii, dude. PCO man, I am yes, and just uh, John Edward. Just so you know, it's not a rumor. It's uh, it's official. It's an official thing. He's, yeah, he's pulled out of, and both of them have pulled out of their MLW dates. Um, they pulled out all their indie dates. Not allowed to finish up. And rumor is they're going to be appearing at Final Battle. Yeah, which I'm very excited about Final Battle. It's been a long time since I've been excited, like actually truly excited about a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. And Final Battle looks like fire. Yeah, it does. Um, 
Yeah, that'll be my pick. Um, is Tomohiro Ishii? Is there anyone else that you could think of that like you? You're like, dude, he should freaking, um, like who who can he have like that that like killer PCO match with? Hmm, I'm trying to think in New Japan. <clears throat> uh, I'm trying to think of somebody that's like a strong style wrestler. It doesn't have to be strong style. I did think about like. What if him and Kota Ibushi wrestled? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Both of them would be moonsaulting. <laughs> um, maybe Goto if he's motivated. I thought about Goto too. That's yeah. That could be really, really good. That actually could be really, really good. Yeah, because um, yeah, Goto's crazy, dude. And yeah. like, PCO's freaking nuts. I'm scared a little bit for PCO. Like, What about What about Evil? No, I'm not, I'm not feeling that personally. But yeah, no. Um, I mean, Ishii's my one A, and then maybe yeah, Ishii, maybe maybe, maybe Abushi. Yeah. Although, like, I'm sure people want Abushi to do other stuff at that show, right? But man, PCO wrestling in New Japan, like, that'd be really freaking Dude, cool. That'd be wild. What about what about um, PCO and Elgin? I, oh, that was another one I was thinking of, but I forgot. Yeah, that. That could be good. That could actually probably be really good. Um, yeah, it'd probably be really good. All right. So next up, we're gonna name our wrestler of the month for November and the match of the month for November. Uh, before we do, let's let's run down the previous year's uh, wrestlers of the month and match of the month. Yeah. So we started this uh, going back to December. So um, December of 2017, the match of the month was. Uh, Yagi versus Narita from the Young Lions uh, project, I think 11. Um, January's match of the month was Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega from Wrestle Kingdom. February's match of the month was Will Ospreay versus Hiromu Takahashi. The March match of the month, the Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks from Long Beach. The April match of the month, Will Ospreay versus Marty Skrull from Sakura Genesis. The May match of the month, uh, Kazushika Okada versus Hiroshi Tanahashi from Don- Wrestling Dantaku. June match of the month, it could only be one. Kazushika Okada versus Kenny Omega, the two out of three falls match from Dominion. July's match of the month, Kota Ibushi versus Tomohiro Ishii in the death match <laughs> from the G1 Climax. The August match of the month was Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi from the G1 Finals. September match of the month, Kazushika Okada versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Which which event was that at? Um, King of Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Was that King of Pro Wrestling? Well, wait. No. Destruction. No. Destruction in Kobe? Yeah. yeah, I think it was Destruction Kobe. Or one of those Destruction tour yeah. shows. The October match of the month. Kenny Omega versus Kota Ibushi versus Cody from King of Pro Wrestling. Um, triple threat match for the IWGB title. And then the November match of the month. Your match of the month for this month. Tomohiro Ishii versus Minoru Suzuki from Power Struggle. Yeah, dude. I mean, that match was just... I mean, anytime Suzuki and Ishii get in the ring, it's magic. And at Power Struggle, it was no different. These guys Great went match. out there, strong-style brawl, and just tore each other up. And it was awesome. It, it was really, really, really awesome. Um, I personally preferred the Naito and Will Ospreay match, or I'm sorry, Naito and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. match, but Jeremy liked the Suzuki and Ishii match, and if I am honest, I'm probably a little biased in general. 
the other thing too is you almost universally every single match rater and reviewer is telling me that Ishii and Suzuki's a better <laughs> yeah. match. So that I, I'm gonna chalk that one up to being one of those just weird Joshisms where I just happen to like a match for some weird reason. I don't even know why. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it was a great match. But. It was. That, that was our runner-up. And then there was obviously... I mean, obviously, Jericho and, and Evil is very good. And there was that was a good card. And there were yeah. s- several great tag league matches that happened in the m- month of November. But Ishii and Suzuki, for its violence, stands head and shoulders above the rest of them. And that's our match of the month. And that's a full year. From December of last year to November, we have a full year of match of the months, which is awesome. Yeah, and same thing for wrestler of the month. So... Uh, December 2017, or yeah, December 2017, it was Evil and Sonata were the wrestlers of the month. January, it was Minoru Suzuki. February, it was Will Ospreay. March, it was Zack Sabre Jr. April, it was Will Ospreay. May, it was Hiromu Takahashi. June, it was Hiromu Takahashi. July, was Tomohiro Ishii. August, was Kota Ibushi. September, was Kenny Omega. October, was Shingo Shingo Takagi. And this month, November, once again, Zack Sabre Jr. Pro Wrestling Master. Yes. Submission Master. <laughs> Come on over here. Just tap <laughs> out. Zack Sabre Jr. Hello. This is Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> New Japan Cup winner 2018. You're listening to Keeping a Strong Style with my mates. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy. Uh, so, yeah. So, Zach is um, only the second guy in this calendar month to win our match of the month. Will Ospreay did it twice this year. Hiromu did it twice. And Zach is the only other one who's done it twice, which is quite an accomplishment. And um, we picked him in November for a variety of reasons. Um, well, he had starting out at Power Struggle. He had that banger with Naito. And then... Um, Throughout the rest of the month, um, I have a list of recommended matches from this tag league. And there's, let me see here, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's 11. Five of them are matches involving Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi. There's probably some of you wondering why Taichi is not included in this because we've shown precedent in the past where a tag team can win. Right, Evil and Sonata. You know, Evil and Sonata did it in December of last year. And I felt like the reason why we selected Zach was because of his individual dominance when it came to these tag matches. Yeah. Pretty much in every match, uh, Sabre is the guy that's doing like a lot of the work and having the better part of the matches. And a lot of his, his interactions with the guys that are going against, you know, interactions with, you know, Ishii with Evil and Sonata and Suzuki, like, Zack is the one that's really standing out. And it's not to take anything away from Taichi or the combination of Zack Sabre and Taichi, because we kind of treated this as, like, two nominations, like, one for Zack alone and one for Zack and Taichi. And we did that with several other tag teams, too, like Yano and Ishii. There's been multiple tag teams that have had really good runs, but where Zack kind of differentiated himself this month is, like, Stopping guys. I mean, like literally stopping people. Right. Like he's like he's he what tapped out and passed out Ishii the same all in the same month, right? He didn't. He passed him out. I don't mm. think he tapped him out. Gotcha. Uh, he also stopped um, Nakanishi, which like very rarely happens. I mean, he tapped him out. He's he pinned Isaka. He's pinned a bunch of guys, and like he's picking up almost all the wins. Plus, 
Um, beat evil again. Yeah, plus he beat evil again, and he's just looked fantastic throughout throughout all these matches. And I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like we we had to go with Zach. I mean, like he he's been the man on this tour. Yeah, dude. The, so the standout guy, like he is the MVP of this tour right now. Yeah. And looking forward to doing another set, another year's worth of Wrestler of the Month and Match of the Month for 2019. Absolutely. Oh, we, still got, we still got one more uh, month, one more to pick for this year, for December of this year. Uh, so, yeah, so speaking of World Tag League, we're going to move on to our World Tag League update. And I have the rankings here. These are as of the show that happened um, on Sunday morning so i know that there was a show that uh, has already aired today on monday but no it, it hasn't aired it's well, i mean it has happened but it will air it occurred. it'll probably air like tomorrow, tomorrow or the next day right um so we're not going to include that in that in today's update so this is what i have um a three-way tie for first place with uh, seven wins two losses girls of destiny evil sonata tomohiro ishii and toriyano all with 14 points. Then tied for 12 points with six wins, three losses, Killer Elite Squad, and Finjuice. Then uh, we have a three-way tie uh, with 10 points, uh, five wins, four losses, Super Strong Team, Best Friends, and Zack Sabre and Taichi. Um, then we have a tie with eight points, four wins, five losses with uh, Makabe and Hanare, and Suzuki and Uska. Then there's another tie with uh, six points, three wins, six losses. Uh, Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi and Tenkozi. And then at two points with one win, eight losses, Yuji Nagata and Manabu Nakanishi. And then with a big goose egg, zero points, zero wins, nine losses, Ayato Yoshida and Shota Umino. So as it stands right now, the teams of Ayato Yoshida, Shota Umino, Yuji Nagata, Manabu Nakanishi, and uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzan, Satoshi Kojima, and Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi are all mathematically eliminated. Um, there are four more matches remaining, which means they could each get, if they won all of their remaining matches, eight more points. Um, Hangman, the, the teams that have the six points, Hangman Page and Yujiro, being at six points, if they were to gain another eight, that'd put them, what, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 12, 13, 14, which is where the other teams that are at the top already sit right now. So all three of those teams would need to lose. Literally lose all, all, all the remaining of their matches. And I think mathematically, if you if you do the numbers, some of these other 12-point teams are going to surpass that. So it, it's impossible at this point that those teams win. Um, and most likely... Um, the, uh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> the Suzuki Goon team of Minoru Suzuki and Ta uh, Takashi Isaka, and then um, Togi Makabe and Toa Hanare, both being at eight points, they're at the cusp of, they're not winning at this point. They're most likely um, eliminated. The only teams that really still sit in serious contention of any sort are Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi, best friends. Michael Elgin and Jeff Cobb, Finn Juice, Killer Elite Squad, Tomohiro Ishii and Toriyano, Evil and Sonata, and then G.O.D. So we've we've essentially eliminated at this point one, two, three, four, five, six of the 
14 teams. So almost half the field gone. At this point, yes. Yeah. So and and these teams with ten points, uh, Zach and Taichi, best friends and super strong team, they're they have an uphill battle. Like it, right. it, it's mathematically, it's very difficult for them. Um, so the especially, ones- especially best friends. Let's talk about them for a second. So we've had um, the angles this weekend where um, Chucky e. T has turned well, not well. He, he kind of snapped. And kind of went crazy in the match, and which what was the, who was the first team that he snapped on? Was it Makabe and Hanare? It was Makabe and Hanare? Yeah, he he totally snaps, and he's throwing these guys into the barricade. He's hitting them with chairs. They lose by disqualification. He pushes down Beretta, and is totally he punched him. Yeah, he punched him. Yeah, yeah. Beretta looked like like his heart was broken. He was like, "What's wrong with you, man?" Right. And then the backstage interviews, he refused to say anything. Um, I didn't watch the backstage interviews. Uh, I've been playing so much catch up on this tag I only, league. I only, I only saw that one because I was curious to see like what he would say, but he didn't say anything. And then, um, and then the next night he came back perfectly fine. Didn't snap, but he had that. That's look. not true. He was not perfectly. Well, he fine. had the weird look in his face. He had the weird looked look look in his face. And then when they were get, when best friends got up on the apron to do their like, you know, the thing they do where they hold the hands and like they both get introduced. Like, Dustin looked all geeked out. Like, he was, like, a meth head or something. Like, <laughs> his hand was shaking, and he was just, like, jiving. And, like, uh, freaking Beretta. Beretta, like, Greg was just looking at him like, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, <laughs> like, 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 are you on coke? Like, that's what, he, that's what like, like, Chuck E.T.'s, like, Coke E.T. or something. Like, he's, <laughs> he's, like, all geeked up. Like, he's crazy. Um, but then... During that match, so so that night they faced uh, Minoru Suzuki and Isaka, and while Suzuki and Trent Beretta were like out in the crowd brawling, uh, Chucky e. T did that like really slick roll up that he always does that never works, but this time it just worked because yeah. Isaka sucks. <laughs> 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 and like, like Chucky e. T looked like so happy and like so relieved and like, like Beretta and like um, Suzuki came back and they looked very confused like like. We won. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was kind of funny because it's like, you know, that never happens where, like, two guys are off in the crowd brawling and then the match ends with someone else getting pinned. Like, it's just not like a regular trope of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right. So they looked surprised. I felt like we were supposed <laughs> to feel surprised, too. Like, oh, that was that's where the match came to an end. But, like, it was kind of cool because it was subtle because he had the big freak out the day before. Then the next day he gets the pinfall, so you kind of like lower your guard down. It's like it's like a uh, like a bad boyfriend who like you know he like stole your car, or stole your money, or something like that. But then like the next day he does something nice for you, so you kind of think like oh uh, yeah he's yeah. he's turning around, he's turning around, he's a good guy after good all. Guy. Yeah, and then like but then the next but then the next day <laughs> he snaps again. Yeah, and so that was which match was that he he snapped again? Was it that? was against Super Strong, Strong Team, team yeah. Elgin and Elgin and Jeff Cobb? Which by the way. Last year's tournament, Elgin and Cobb against Best Friends was by far the match of the tournament. Four and a half stars. Highly, highly recommend it. I still, to this day, think throughout this whole past calendar year, it's one of the top five tag matches you will see in the whole promotion. Yeah, it was a great tag match, and I was hoping for the same here. It, it was good. Until, it was so good. Until we got to the point where... Chuck it wasn't e- as good as last year. Right. But it was really good. And then suddenly, like, Chucky e. T freaked out. Snapped again. He attacked Elgin. Dude, he threw a 
freaking chair at his head. <laughs> yeah, like, like literally out of nowhere. Trying like, to get that man CTE. Yeah, and he he did the same thing to uh, to Jeff Cobb. Like he was just losing his mind, and then um, he almost hit uh, Beretta again, but then like stopped himself and then hugged him, and like Beretta just looked really confused yeah. the whole time. So, so like, I mean, with the way they're going, who knows if they'll get any more points in this thing. I feel about this storyline the way I feel about the whole tag league. In some ways, I'm so impressed. And in some ways, I'm very torn because like, I have problems with it, too. Um, so let's talk about it. I mean, like, what are your impressions? like Overall? Or just in general. Yeah, in general, I mean, I, I'm, I, this tag is much better than this tag team. I mean, tag I mean, this story, though. Oh, with the best friend story. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting putting an angle in the middle of the of a tour because typically this is a tour where not a lot happens. Yep. There's not a huge, you know, there's not a huge amount of developments really, really hot angles. And now we're getting this hot angles. I mean, I don't think anybody called there being a best friends breakup or tease of a breakup no. or this kind of angle. And this is a very interesting angle that makes you want to pay attention because. You know, best friends, I mean, they're a team in New Japan. They're a team in Ring of Honor. Um, they're a team in P- PWG. They've, They've been teaming for yeah, years. years. They literally are best friends. And so having this breakup come out of nowhere. It's a work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having this breakup come out of nowhere, it's like who, nobody saw this coming. So now you're intrigued, like, is Chucky e. T going to keep snapping every match? Like, is he going to try and hold together for the rest of the tour? Like, or is this going to be a clean break? Like, are we going to get a Chucky e. T and Beretta match? Um, lots of lots of emotions, lots yeah. of thoughts. Um, so I mean, I, I think it's brilliant to do something like this in the middle of the tag league because you don't see it kind of coming at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter too that are surprised, like, "Wow, they're doing angles in the tag league!" Like, I have to actually watch this thing now. Very surprising. Yeah. On the other end. I don't know how many people are actually watching the Tag League, and I know that in New Japan this is not necessarily like the most established tag team, but in pro wrestlingdom, it's a very established tag team. And so I don't know where this storyline is leading, and if it, like hypothetically, if it led to an actual breakup, is it just relegated to New Japan kayfabe? Is it going to expand outside of New Japan? For instance, these guys actually you know, had a feud in PWG this past year. And I think what we're getting with Dustin right now is a little bit of that PWG Chucky e. T flavor right now. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's kind of, and also probably some Chikara as well. Well, you know, um, Ring of Honor and New Japan are so, are so tied together. Like their kayfabes kind of blend together. Yeah. So it would be hard for me to believe that they would do a breakup in New Japan and then Dude, they do, show up together in Ring of Honor. They do they do tons of revenue. They, you know, are very popular. They're like one of the only like really popular acts in, in uh, Ring of Honor. So I am kind of wondering if this is – but maybe it's, you know, a way for them to potentially push Dustin. I keep calling them real names. Uh, Chucky. No. Or Greg. Or I'm sorry. Beretta. Beretta, yeah, because, you know, it's no secret they wanted to move him up and – you know, they see big things for him. The other question, though, is... Um, so, I, I, I think it's questionable to do, like, a breakup angle on this stage if, it, if they're really going to do it. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is, like, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about this whole storyline with a mole being in chaos and 
someone actually being part of the Bullet Club, mm-hmm. you know, with Jay White and those guys. And I think that this is supposed to be like a tease or an allusion to that sort of thing. I mean, what what do you think as far as that goes? I mean, it's quite possible that Chuck E. T. could be the mole. I mean, he's technically like he's in chaos because of Beretta. Like he he wouldn't be in chaos any any other reason. So he could it, it could make sense for him to be like the outside guy. I think him and Kazu are destined for one another. They're 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 the <laughs> real best friends. So he was always going to end up in chaos. That has nothing to do with with Trent. <laughs> Trent's lucky he's friends with, with Chuck E.T. <laughs> uh, you know that one time on commentary during the was it Super Junior Tag Tournament? One of these one of the tours recently when Chuck E.T. was on commentary, he was like, I'm tired of you know getting beat up by these Bullet Club guys. Ooh. If you can't beat them, join them, right? Right. I my okay, so here's one of the things. It's I keep feeling so there I have a lot of mixed emotions about this tag league. Um and I feel like uh, Chucky e. T kind of embodies that because he's really playing a good character. Like this whole character shift and like he's coming off as a crazy person for real. And I am wondering if maybe this will be like a facet of a character change for him going forward as well. The only thing is it seems a little too obvious for New Japan's like storytelling to have a guy just change so blatantly like that. And it seems like it's more likely for them to turn around and be like, no, he wasn't the mole. And it'd be someone like Rocky Romero or, you know, Trent or something like right. that. The only thing is, is like this guy is playing this, uh, even though he's doing a great job talking about Chunky T, he's playing the character so over the top that there's no deniability if, if he's not like, actually a mole or something like that to turn around and be like oh he was fine the whole time because he's going full on crazy yeah he's he's snapping he is snapping and you can't turn around and be like oh like he wasn't actually snapping because he's like committed to it already right um i mean you could but that that's not really good storytelling if if you go that way afterwards like because of how heavily invested he is into the character already it's like but it seems too telegraphed so it's like, is that New Japan style where they're just going to go with this because they're, they've already started it? Or, you know, and I maybe it comes down to him as a performer. Like, maybe he should be playing this a little more nuanced because it's not nuanced. Like, sure, there's mystery. We don't know what's going on with him, but I mean, like... It's a full-out, like, this, like, this like, guy's lost like, his mind. Like, he's, he's like, shaking and, like, he's acting like a crazy person. <laughs> he's got person. that blank look on his face. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah, it's like that. It's like Tropic Thunder, you know? <laughs> Uh, you never go full. <laughs> so like he's gone full crazy, and like yeah. once you go full crazy, I mean, how can you? You can't turn around and be like, oh no, I was kayfabe and yeah, brother. Like, yeah. nah, like he's gone full kayf, like he's gone full in. So I'm wondering like where this is gonna lead. The other thing too, before we move on, I hope it does lead to something of some sort of substance, because they've had a bad habit this year of doing incredible angles in New Japan Pro Wrestling with no real payoff to these incredible right. angles and them not leading to things. And um, I'm hoping in 2019 that they continue to have great storytelling where they set things up and it actually delivers. After, and in the past, they normally do. <sighs> Last thing, I don't want to see them break up. <laughs> they're, they're too good together. Yeah. They're too good together. It's yeah. like it's like a couple that, that like belongs together and like – they shouldn't be. I mean, when we say like the team might break up, it's like a real breakup. Like, yeah, dude, that's 
That's gonna be sad if they Bro, that would be sad if they break up. Like these kids need to figure it out. Like <laughs> like we all can see it. They belong together. Dude, but like, somebody call Doctor Shelby on the phone. Someone needs to call Doctor Shelby. Get him into like anger, anger management. management. Yeah, S- figure this crap out because like they're one of the best tag teams in the world today. Like that would suck if they break up. Yeah. Plus, I don't know what. I mean, I guess they could. Maybe this is just the way that they try to elevate these two guys, to take them in new directions. So, I mean, it's not like Ring of Honor is the big company here. This is the big company, and right. this is where they're forging their like legacy. So, I, I don't see them going to NXT or anything like that. So, maybe those AEW guys want to pick them up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, compelling stuff, man. Compelling. Yeah, and um, you know, we mentioned that that. Um he snapped on Super Strong Team, but uh, Super Strong Team, I mean, they've been on a winning streak towards this um, these last few days of the tournament. Yeah, they won like four in a row. Yeah, and uh, one of those wins was against G.O.D., the current tag champs. That's right, they did beat G.O.D., yeah, they hit that tour of the islands on uh, Tangaloa. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of surprising. Yeah, that was surprising. But once again, we that was like what we mentioned last week, you know, you, you have these like off- Teams like these non like uh, team non like just canon teams you could say or like you know teams that are not as established beat the champions because they're probably not going to get a title shot. It doesn't seem like it. No, they're they're not as over. You know what's funny too? They're not over the way they were last year. Do you remember like how over um, Jeff Cobb was with the with all the crowds? Like yeah. They were really like freaking out for Jeff Cobb last year, and like and Michael Elgin too. Mm-hmm. This year, it hasn't seemed like very much at all. Like, yeah. like the spots they do are good. Like they're having good matches, but it doesn't seem like the crowd is like like doing the ooh and the ah like how they how they they did last year. They just seem like some uh, just a couple guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a list here of uh, some recommended matches so far. Yeah, so um from yeah, so so far night 2, uh Saber Taichi and Yano and Ishii was highly recommended. Um LIJ versus Elgin and Cobb from night 2 was also that was the main event that night, also very very good. Um Saber and Taichi versus the best friends from night 4 was great. LIJ versus Yujiro and Page from night 4. Um, by the way, they're not allowed to be uh, dick and balls, balls anymore. anymore. Yeah, like it's an official thing. Like they were like told they they're not allowed to be <laughs> dick and balls. So yeah. that the the dick and balls era is over in New <laughs> Japan. Um, Finn Juice versus Elgin and Cobb from Night Five was very good, and then um, Saber and Taichi versus Yujiro and Page Night Six, excellent. Kes versus Best Friends Night Seven highly enjoyable. Lij versus Saber and Taichi. That was a banger from night seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Suzuki and Isaka versus Saber and Taichi from night ten. One of my maybe my favorite match of the tournament. I don't know. Like very unexpected to see Suzuki and Isaka in such a great match. It was awesome. Um, and then Lij against Yano and Ishii from night ten was very very good. And then Ishii and Yano against Super Strong Team from Night 11. Bang, that was a hostile match. Awesome. I haven't finished Night 12 yet. Yeah, I mean, th- your list pretty much echoes my list. I mean, all those matches were great. I would say these matches range from 
about three and a half to four stars. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have anything rated over four stars personally. Would you? Do you? Yeah, four stars is, has been my cap so far. So uh, very interesting with this tournament because last year I did have several – and there's still time. Like the tournament's not over. But mm-hmm. I did have several matches that were rated up to about four and a half stars. A few four and a, four and a quarter star matches, and then that excellent, excellent best friend and um, super strong team match last year. I had four and a half. The highs were pretty high, but the actual average of matches was extremely low last year. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year's tag tournament has been much better. Much, I mean, the the highs have not been as high yet, but, but the still. amount of High quality wrestling in this tournament has been exponentially higher and much, much better and more enjoyable. Like uh, the 2018 World Tag League blows the 2017 World Tag League out of the water. Yeah. And um, something else that we need to talk about on this past week's uh, tour, we've had the Mega Aces uniting on the main events on several of these shows. Um, one night it was Tanahashi Okada. Um, and Kushida against Ishimori, Jay White, and, excuse me, Bad Luck Fale. And then the next two nights, it was an eight-man tag. They added Rocky Romero on the Chaos side, and they added Gato on the Bullet Club side, and they ran those two back-to-back. Yeah, so I'm trying to get it like a good... Obviously, they're building to, to the Tokyo Dome, Okada, and, um, and Jay White. And they're building Ishimori and Kushida. But I'm wondering how Tanahashi fits into all of this. And, you know, kind of give us a rundown on these matches and what where you see this all kind of heading and what, what, what occurred these two nights. Right. So the first night was the six-man tag. Um, and this was a match that I really, really enjoyed. Um, I rated this match four stars. The crowd was really, really hot for this thing, and it was the first time ever having Okada and Tanahashi teaming together, and it, it was just a great moment, and I, I thought the action in the match was just really, really good, and in this matchup, obviously, there was uh, several interactions between Ishimori and Kushida. Uh, you had several interactions um, with obviously Okada and Jay White. There were some Okada or some Tanahashi and Jay White um, interactions, uh, but overall a, a very good six-man tag. Um, and the finish of the match was um, Ishimori pinning Kushida, the current junior champ, and that's who he's challenging at Wrestle Kingdom. So that was kind of a big deal there. So, you know, Jay White made a point after both of these matches. Well, obviously, the Bullet Club, they beat down Tanahashi and Okada and attacked both of them after each match. Right. So, yeah, they won all three matches with Ishimori. He pinned Kushida the first night, and then he pinned Rocky Romero the last two nights. So, you know, with with the Mega Aces kind of being this failed sort of thing it kind of um i'm just wondering what that means <laughs> right like what like what does that mean where is this heading well i i think how i've been seeing it similar to when the golden lovers first got back together 
and their first match was like a six-man tag with like Chase Owens, and they lost. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this big comeback, and they lost. But it wasn't until they had that big, like, tag, just them alone tag match where they won. So I think eventually we're going to get just Okada and Tanahashi against two of these Bullet Club guys, and they're going to win. That's what I was kind of wondering. So I'm not criticizing this yet. I just don't see where it's heading yet. Like, I don't have it in my mind's eye. Um, And with the feud kind of being between primarily Okada and um, Jay White, not to say, obviously, Tanahashi and Jay White have had a very storied year as well. So it's not like he's devoid of that. But, you know, you also got to think most of Tanahashi's attention is on the Tokyo Dome Mm -hmm. and on Kenny Omega, that sort of thing. Um, Do you think that the story is supposed to pay off in the short term at, say, the World Tag League Finals here at at the end of the week? Because we don't have that card announced yet. And so is this leading to a tag match there? Or is this something that's going to extend beyond Wrestle Kingdom and how do you like who who would be the other guy that ends up teaming with Jay White, you know? And how's that going to play out? Yeah, I mean, it, it can go a couple different ways. I guess it all depends, you know. Like, if you know Kenny doesn't resign and Tanahashi wins the belt, like maybe then the blow off is um, just here at World Tag League Finals and Tanahashi's going to run with the belt. Or, I mean, even if Tanahashi loses at the Dome, they could. Run the storyline on maybe, next year. Maybe they uh, do something at New Year's Dash. Right, yeah. I don't know. Who knows how. But honestly, I, I could see it kind of um, being blown off at the World Tag League Finals for now. You you have like Okada and Tanahashi against Jay White and Bad Luck Fale. And then you have. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, Fale could be the other. I was wondering who the other guy would be. Like, yeah. who makes sense to be the other guy? And then you could have Tanahashi pin Fale. Since um, you, you keep Okada and Jay White from not pinning each other or kind of on even platforms, and you have Tanahashi. Because I was, I was thinking they could do like Gato, but that would be be like a cop out at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Unless like you just want to see them get the comeuppance by getting their hands on him because he's so slimy. Right. But with them being like the mega aces, you kind of want them to have a challenge. Have yeah, have a big name guy, and I was I was like, well, Tamatanga, like that doesn't really work. He's God, but then you mentioned like Fale, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know what? That's probably a good call. that would make a lot of sense to be the second guy. Um, so yeah, maybe we get that World Tag League Finals, that yeah. would, but maybe not. I don't know. Like, but. Obviously, Jay White has had a field day cutting promos on these oh, guys. Oh, yeah, dude. He's been, like, burying these dudes. He's like, your dream team. <laughs> this is your dream team. You were so excited when Okada and Tanahashi were team together. And I beat them. Okada, you can't beat me. Tanahashi, you can't beat me. Together, you can't beat me. <laughs> like, never mind that, like, Tanahashi just beat this dude, like, a couple months ago. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But okay, <laughs> I guess we'll just, you know, conveniently forget about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, but he's a heel. Heels have selective memories. So right, yeah. It's just kind of funny. He's like, you can't beat me except for that one time that you did like two months ago. Right. In that really high profile match and on the- that really, really big pay-per-view. <laughs> and the time you also beat me at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh yeah, all the, all the time you beat me at Wrestle Kingdom. So. For, but other than that, you can't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. I think that they're doing a great job making Jay White look strong. 
And for all the criticisms that I have about the Bullet Club storyline and, you know, the OGs and the elite and all that sort of stuff, I think that this these matches have done some really good things to kind of create a, a new vibe for the Bullet Club. Because on the last tour, when the Bullet Club was coming out, they just seemed discombobulated. I was like, what the crap is this? <laughs> it felt like a bunch of rejects from different, like, uh factions like just being on the same team and not really like having like that unity that you're right. used to but suddenly something's changed the way they're presenting the bullet club now especially with jay white getting some promo time and like really being like we are the bullet club we're not a version of the bullet club we are the bullet club the switch blade era is upon <laughs> us and i'm like yes and you notice that they've kind of gone back to like the original bullet club a little like the finn balor like shooter gun thing you're looking at the real rock and roller <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so i i did notice that so that's kind of cool um Oh, that's one thing we need to talk about. So we did a whole entire preview about... Do, do we have anything else to say about this before we move on? No. So we did a whole preview of this entire uh, you know, field of competitors for the World Tag League. And you've got a representative of the Bullet Club elite. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, <laughs> in Dick and Balls. Uh, Chase... Chase uh, or no, I'm sorry, not Chase. Uh, in um, Hangman, Page. Hangman Page and Yujiro Takahashi... And then you got, you know, the premier tag team of the OG Bullet Club in G.O.D. And at some point, these guys were going to end up wrestling each other, and they did, and they have. And we never talked about it or cared about it or made one remark Dude, about it. Dude, it. it dawned on me as I was watching the match. Like, it had, like, I saw them both come out, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And you walked out the room, I was like, Josh, I was like, do you know? I hadn't thought about it. I was like, you know how bad this Bullet Club Elite, Bullet Club OG feud is? It's so bad that like, it wasn't even a big deal that these two teams would be facing off in this tournament. Now, granted, I mean, you know, Yujiro and Hangman are kind of a makeshift team. So I'll give you that. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, as great of a year as, you know, Hangman's had, they are the two, two of the lower card guys in the Bullet Club. That being said, with how hot this feud was back in August and July, this should still be a big deal, and it's literally a non-factor. And like, it's e not a even our point. listeners, like nobody brought it up. No one no, mentioned it. They only mentioned like Suzuki Goon versus Suzuki Goon. Like nobody mentioned I didn't like see anybody talk about it until you said something to me. I never even thought about it. And then when the match happened, it was like, um, was it English commentary? I feel like it was. Yeah. Was it was it um, Kevin Kelly? Yeah, Kevin Kelly was by himself. For and he didn't like didn't bring like as great as Kevin Kelly was that night. He didn't like really talk too much about it either. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's kind of a non-factor at this point. Yeah, that just goes to show you like it's terrible. <laughs> and I'm like wondering like this thing's done. It's yeah. done, dude. It died. Yeah. All for all the grand predictions and all the fantasy bookings and all the weird questions we got from our f listeners about. You know, the future, what would happen with the Golden Elite, and this and that. It died a slow death. It was nothing. And now it's nothing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nothing. It's crazy. Oh, man. Um, Anything else from the World Tag League you think we should mention or bring up? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things to talk about. So, um, what do you, So, how are you feeling about... 
at this point, um, you know, 13 mat like the 13 match single block structure. How are you feeling now that we're kind of in the thick of it? I, I'm not a fan. I miss the having two blocks and having specific nights for each block and having a shorter tour. Um, even though the the matches have been better this year and the tournament has been better, like. It's, it's been a struggle to keep up with. And this is coming from a guy that, I mean, uh, not... Dude, Jeremy never gets behind when it comes to like, watching <laughs> New Japan. Like, never. Like, 90% of what I watch on TV is pro wrestling. And, but, dude, like, there was one point this week, like, I just got busy, like, just like, you know, trying to have a social life and just doing other stuff. It was like... Oh, you are trying to have a social life. <laughs> Tell us, tell us about that. That sounds interesting, bro. No, that's not. That's not. <laughs> that's not podcast business. But um, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to do stuff out here, and it's like there was one point this week where I was like behind like three shows, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to like sit down bro. and like watch like three shows, bro. On Sunday morning, I was in the middle of day six. I literally, for you people, <laughs> for you people, I stayed home all day Sunday by myself and watched New Japan Pro <laughs> Wrestling. And as as great as that sounds, like, oh my god, bro, bro, it's, it's, and I didn't even catch up. Like, I'm at the, I still have like the last forty five minutes of night twelve to like finish up. Um, so yeah, <laughs> dude, like. Honestly, this is the first time where, like, I actually feel, like, fatigue, like, w- trying to keep up with a tournament. Um, the funny thing is, like, the tournament started and, like, the, the nights were easy because it was, like, three matches. Yeah. And then one day, like, you go to watch a show and there's seven matches. And then you're like, oh, it's one of those, like, full production shows. And then the next day you go to watch it and it's seven matches. And then the next day you go to watch it and it's seven <laughs> matches. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> They didn't even do this, like, this is like the G1. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Like, came out of nowhere. It was just like, oh my gosh, like. Um, but there are some things, um, so let's talk about some positive. The, the, the show, the actual wrestling, the actual matches have been so much better. Yeah. Um, and one reason I think that maybe that the, the matches have been better, the crowds are better this year than they were last year. Yeah, Obviously, bigger, bigger houses. Bigger houses, bigger crowds, more investment from the crowds. I just have a feeling that that's what's driving these guys to compete more because they're having better matches than last year with arguably a crappier field. It is a lot of the same wrestlers, but it's a less intriguing field this year than it was last year. But these guys are all having better matches across the board. All of them. Everybody. Yeah. Including yeah. the New Japan dads. Dude, including Iska. Bro, Iska. Bro. I am not, like, I'm not skipping the Minoru Suzuki and Iska matches this year. Yes, there have been some bullcrap ones. There have been a couple. But there's only been Dude, a couple. Dude, Saber and Taichi against Suzuki and Iska. Bro, Saber and Suzuki, the first five minutes of that match. Was amazing. Is amazing. Amazing! Yeah, it's so good. It's so and then Taichi trying to do that spell on Iska because oh, he's yeah. his handler. Yeah, and then he tells him to go bite uh, Suzuki. Suzuki. <laughs> 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 oh, 
That match was great because it had like amazing ch- chain wrestling. It had like the viciousness of Suzuki Goon matches. It had comedy. It had great near falls, technical. Like it was just an all around very very well rounded match. Very good. Very very yeah. very good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's been cr- the crazy thing. A lot of these teams have been overperforming to a higher level. Evil and Sonata. Uh, this year are having a much better tournament because they're in the main event every night. Yeah, dude, they're having good good matches. They're so over. Like the crowd's really into all their matches. Um, Ishii and Yano obviously are are tearing it up. Uh, God's been good. Yeah, God's yeah. been really dude, good. Oh yeah, that's something we gotta talk about. God, they busted out a new finish in this tournament. Oh, they're using Gato and Jado's um, super power bomb. Yeah, that super power bomb is. They just started that. Like uh, the. Night 11, right? Yeah. Um, who did they hit that on? That was... I'm trying to remember. Was that um, Ishii and Yano? Um, let me see if I can... Or was it Finjuice? I think it might have been Finjuice. Man, that move was awesome. Like, that move was really, really awesome. Um, yeah, and they they made a point to mention this on the commentary, talking about how... They they're feeling some kind of way and they're all in their feels because Magic Killer was the move that Guns and Gallows used for their finisher and they had actually passed that down to God. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how the stun gun got passed from Carl Anderson to uh, to Tamatanga, but then you know Lij last year was like zoink. Nah, it's ours. Nah, man. run it, <laughs> run it. And yeah, they kind of took that from them. They're like, dude, that. It's like literally our finishing move. All right, whatever. So then they they, they have a new finish move in it. I love it. Yeah, it's dude, awesome. super power bomb. It's awesome. Of course, now you know they're with Gato and Jado, so it makes perfect sense for them to use their finisher. They, they keep they keep tricking me, bro. Because every time like tag league and different tag matches come around, and I see like how charismatic and interesting like Tama can be, I always want him to get it like a singles run, and I'm like, this guy could be a star, and then you know he gets a G one, and then. but um yeah now some of the other things too i want to point out is like yes it has been difficult for us to consume the entire world tag league however i do want to say this they are doing excellent business and i don't know that they necessarily intend for every fan to be super psychos like us and to binge watch the entire World Tag League. Right. So from like a business standpoint, the fact that they're doing all these big houses and they're doing these quality shows, um, I don't know that it's so problematic. But if you're like us and you're like a, a fan who's trying to follow it night after night on the streaming service, it gets tiresome. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not to a point where I'm like, you know, you guys are screwing up business or anything like that. It's just... It's like, dang. I like, I think with the single block, the fact that they went from like three matches a night to seven is a little overkill. I don't know what the real benefit of having this um, single block tournament is versus the, you know, the the, the dual block. Mm-hmm. The dual block seems more manageable in my mind. Yeah. Um, but maybe just the the fact that they get a wider variety, like they actually have less teams, and more matches and a longer tour. Yeah. So maybe that's what the benefit is. I don't know. One thing that does piss me off though, they better have a good tag team uh, 
like division this year in New Japan Pro Wrestling because how good this tournament has been, it just goes to show you what could be. Right. If and they, what should be. If they put time and effort into the division all year long like they're doing in this tournament, we could have a great tag division. Yeah, bro. I understand in New Japan that there are ebbs and flows to everything. You know, the juniors are not always the, you know, the focus and, you know, vice versa and that sort of thing. And so when the when the tournaments come around, you get a chance to really highlight one facet of a division, whether it is the junior tag or the heavyweights during the G1, that sort of thing. So it's great that they're getting this, but they need to be a bigger focus going forward in, in the future so that these tournaments do become a bigger deal and are better um, because this has been excellent and there's no reason that tag team wrestling can't be this good. The other thing too, and I wanted to point it out, was you know we had some criticisms about you know the um, teams that got matched up and some of the picks, and I'm still I still feel that way. I still feel like there could have been better teams. Like how much better with how good like Hangman's been? What if Chase Owens had been here? Like can, right, you, can yeah. you imagine, dude? Yeah, that'd be so great. But here's the cool thing: um, some of our listeners have kind of criticized us and said like you know. This is kind of like a break for these guys before Wrestle Kingdom and that sort of thing. And I feel like they have found this really happy medium with this tournament to where like they're having quality matches. Majority of the time, there's nothing bad. And not only that, they're having great matches too. But they're not killing themselves. Right. They're not doing a G1 where anyone's career is being shortened. <laughs> yeah, nobody's being dropped on their heads or any bloody, yeah. any bloody brawls or anything like that. It's, it's nothing crazy like that. But they have found this happy medium to where, like, we wanted the, the World Tag League to be a lot better and to be taken more seriously. And n- sure, it's not exactly what we had asked for, but it's so much better than we could have hoped for But based on previous experience and based on everything that's happened in the last three or four tag leagues and the way the division has run. Um, this has been a reinvigorated, like, division. And these guys are going out there and they're having great matches and even like we criticize like the the new Japan dads, and I still feel like looking at Nakanishi and Tenzan, I still feel like some of those criticisms are valid. Mm-hmm. But this tournament, dude, they've been working hard. They've been working, dude. This man Nakanishi's out here doing cross bodies off the top. He's doing planchas over the oh, top, bro. bro. That plancha was here's he should not be doing planchas. <laughs> yeah, that man's what he saw Tenzan do a moonsault the night before. He's like. <laughs> He's like, God, I want to do a plancha. What? Oh my. What? <laughs> I've seen him do a plancha before, but that was the worst one I've ever... His that foot one... got caught up in the oh top. Oh, right? my God. It was so bad. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, these New Japan dads are, like, wilding out out here. But here's the thing. If if this tournament was, like, the killer kind of tournament that I wanted it to be, then, no, the, the New Japan dad shouldn't be in it. But the way that this one's been, they fit a kind of important role where it is, like guys can kind of take it easy with them and there are nostalgia matches that matter like you know i like when ishii and yano went up against like uh uh tenkoji like i was just watching it and like in awe of it and i was like how many more times am i gonna see ishii and like tenzan run it you know i don't know right um so that was kind of cool but they have found i just want to say like they found this medium to where like they're having great matches without going over like this tour is still a break they're still, like, able to kind of take it easy and gear up for Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. 
but they're having great matches at the same time. So it's like perfect almost to a degree. There are some things I would change. I would still like to see some outsiders come in yeah. or have some of the teams that they established this year that they just threw by the wayside. Right. Like I would like 2019, like start building your teams up in January, build them out all throughout the year, then have like a set of established teams that are in the tournament. Because everyone, like literally everyone is hand-waving this tournament there are very few people that are like covering it extensively or even watching everything and paying attention. And now I feel like rewarded that we have so much more than I did last year because it's been way better. Yeah. Oh, before we, before we move on, a couple other things. Um, freaking Kevin Kelly's been excellent every time he's been on, but Mavs Gillis by himself was very bad. What, what show was Mavs? I don't think it was originally like he called it live. I think it was post studio sort of stuff. Yeah, all, all of it's been post studio. Oh, has it? Yeah, Kevin Kelly's not in Japan right now. Okay, yeah. so there was a night where I was watching it. Rich was here with me, and we uh, it was Mavs Gillis, and he's pretty good, but man, by himself in the studio, just him, I turned it off. I turned it off and I put on the Japanese commentary because it was much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I want to throw that yeah, out. Yeah, so so the English commentary have been they they come up late. So I've watched Japanese commentary for like two of the shows because there was no English yet. So maybe one of the ones that I watched Japanese he, he was on there. He needs and he's he's pretty good, but with him it was more just like calling all the moves and you want people to call the moves obviously, but it was just like there wasn't enough color. You know, right? It and, was and it was strictly play by play. The thing I hear it about limited play by about Mavs Gillis, he he's never commentated wrestling before. He's actually a hockey announcer, mm-hmm. uh, so he needed somebody to play off of. He like there was not enough insight to what was happening, and it was a a lot of um, dead air, a lot of dead air, or he just kept talking, or when there wasn't dead air, he just kept talking. Like it was like a lot of excitement, excitement. Right. But when you hear Kevin Kelly, he's like. A symphony. It's like <laughs> it's like he knows the high notes, the low notes. Like he can do the bro. He can do the whole show by himself, and he's freaking excellent. He doesn't need anybody. Yeah, he doesn't. You know, Joey Styles. Well, bro, yeah. fuck that. Like, forget Joey Styles. It's Kevin Kelly. Yeah, Joey Styles is not as good as Kevin Kelly. Oh like, no, I'm just saying. That's like how Joey Styles is to do ECW by himself. I know, but that's like that's the popular like thing that people say is like you know Joey Styles because he like called ECW. Like I've never thought that Joey Styles was ever that good to begin with, but you know, give him credit where credits due. But he's never been in the league of where Kevin Kelly is right now. Kevin yeah. Kelly is like at his zenith. Yeah, dude, Kevin like, Kelly he's is incredible. Yeah, he's killing it right now. And I'm sorry, Joey Styles, if you're listening. Like I love <laughs> you. I, I I love ECW, but dude, Kevin Kelly is like he's the goat right now. Like I might sound like too fanboy but like dude he's really 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 good yeah and i'm glad that you know the people who watch on access i mean they're gonna get him all year round now yeah absolutely um any like anything you want to say about any of these teams before we move on because i know we kind of just glossed over them yeah i mean i'll say you know saber and tai chi we mentioned it last week and a little bit today like they're one of the teams that I was not expecting good stuff from, and they've you know been a gr- pleasant surprise. Um, they're one of the better teams in this tournament. I think they've been the MVP team of the tournament. Yeah. As far as match quality goes, mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty clear they're not going to win this thing. 
But I mean, very. I mean, they've been they've been so good, <laughs> and Taichi's been like. Zack Saber has made Taichi interesting to me again, like yeah. a guy that I want. Like after those title match, those never title matches, I was just like, go Taichi, go home. Yeah. But now go I'm like, home, but now I'm just like, <laughs> now I'm just like, go Taichi. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Ishii and Yano have been great as usual. Um, yes, yes, Ishii and Yano have been very, very, very good. Like we mentioned Emil and Sonata, they they've been like the stars of this tour, like. They're getting the hot responses. They're the main events of everything. They're delivering. Um, so they've been like the, the standout stars. That's what happens when you you know put someone over and have them win a tournament, and you put a title on them, and you showcase them. Like they get over. Other companies should learn like how to put people over. And I'm not like aiming that. I know you're laughing because you think I'm talking about WWE. I'm not. I'm talking about wrestling in, in general. general. Yeah. Everybody, like it's not that hard. You take them through a field of competitors. You give them wins. Wins matter. Everyone's always like, do wins matter? No, they don't matter. Well, they matter when you want to get someone over. That's how you get guys over. Yeah. You have them win matches so that everyone knows they're the best. And you give them a freaking trophy because trophies rule. You put a (laughs) belt on them so people know they're the champions. And you know what people do? They buy into them. Yeah. Because they got gold. Because they're a big deal, you know? Because they they destroy people. Like, Like Saber, for example... He ran through aces, so now you see him as a threat. Even Sonata, they won this thing last year, so you see them as you know a top team. It's not that hard, man. But yeah, Even Sonata been been really really good this year. Um, I really liked the Killer Elite Squad and uh, Zack Saber and Taichi match. Mm, yeah, with Taichi running all over the building and yeah. Lance Archer chasing him. <laughs> He's like, "You come up here. No, you come down here. <laughs> you come up here. No, you come down here." <laughs> that was that that was really good. Plus the stuff with like Davy Boy Smith and um, Saber and Saber was great. And I just sat there wondering like. Like, I'm pretty sure Davey Boy would murder Zack Sabre in, in a real fight. <laughs> that man won the, uh, what was that, that shoot uh, tournament he won? the. Uh, I think it was the Billy Robinson. Yeah, the Billy Robinson, yeah. Yeah. Um, what have you thought about, I know our, our boy uh, Wilfred, he thought that Tenkoji was going to be, like, number three or something like that. And they're just, they're already eliminated from the math. Um, w- what are your thoughts on Tenzan and Kojima as well as Nagata and Nakanishi? Like we mentioned, I think all four of the New Japan dads here, they have been working really hard in every match possible. You know, due to their age and their, you know, just deteriorating bodies, some of their, some spots have been kind of messed up or botched or, you know, they haven't been able to hit quite the high note they want to, but they're still trying hard every night. Uh, I'm not surprised at where either of these two teams are based on who else is in this tournament. I mean, Tenkoji, you could, you might think they could be a little bit higher, but based on everybody else in this tournament, I think they're kind of right where they... They're kind of playing the spoilers, though, Tenkoji, yeah. is because they keep getting these big wins over the bigger-name teams. And it's kind of nice because the bigger-name teams need to take losses for this tournament to work because single block. Mm-hmm. What better team than the most decorated tag team in New Japan history... But they're also not going to win. They're already eliminated. So right. they're basically just playing spoiler, which is kind of cool. But something about like this young field of competitors plus the crowds like really ignited something in these young lo- or in these uh, in the third generation guys because they've been going out there and they're trying really hard to put on good matches. Yeah. Like Tenzon's been doing moonsaults, y'all. Like yeah, dude. <laughs> I thought we were never going to see that again. Like so, that, like. That part of me, like, I, like the nostalgia, man. It's been pretty cool. 
Yoshida and Umino, 0-9. and nine. That's exactly what you would expect. Right. But and those guys, I mean, they've been, you know, the young line's always, you know. Yoshida's hitting that really freaking cool rolling arm bar that, like, uh, that uh, Shinsuke Nakamura used to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Umino has some sort of uh, submission that he's been doing. I don't remember what it is. I think he's just been doing the, the crab. Or is it something different? No, he does do that. He's been doing that, but like when when um when uh Yoshida goes to do the straight armbar, uh I'm sorry, when Umino I've been saying Yoshida, scratch that. When Umino goes and hits that rolling straight armbar, Yoshida has something else that he's been putting people yeah. in. Yeah. But I can't but, remember uh, what it is. I mean all their mechanics have looked great. They've been solid yeah. um and been doing their job perfectly. And yeah, and then obviously Hangman and Yujiro. Hangman is just he's the star. But and dude, Yujiro's working hard. Yeah, dude, he's out doing dives like something happened in the middle of this tournament where like Hangman, you know, they there's that saying like, you know, um all ships rise with the tide. And for some reason as this tournament has gotten better, everyone's been working harder and this is literally guys, at this point right now where we're at, this is the point where these tournaments die. Night ten, night eleven, night twelve. Yeah, this is where guys like take it easy. The we're a week away from the finals. Like, there's no point to go out there and kill yourself. Like they already did the cork in shows, but these guys are working really they're, hard. Yeah, they're working really hard. Yeah, and I'm like kind of like befuddled about it. Like we have to eat crow because we thought this tournament was gonna <laughs> suck. I know it looked like so such the idiot. only the only yeah we do look like idiots. The only real criticism I have is like. I think the single block is a little cumbersome. It, it, right, yeah. I would prefer two blocks. It makes it harder to keep track of things and also to space things out as right. far as like just being able to consume it at, from a viewing standpoint. Um, but that's really about it. That's really about it. All um, right. I mean, and you, you can't complain about maybe some of the pairings maybe, but I mean, it is what it is. But Everybody's like getting over. Yeah. You know what's funny is like I think Elgin and Cobb is like the one team that I'm looking at that I'm like they're – as good as they are and as good as things are going, like they're gonna be better off being apart from each other once the tournament's over. Yeah. They're def- not they're not doing each other any favors oh, in this tournament. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah. It's a weird dyna- dynamic between those Finn two. Juice guys. Been, Finn Juice has been really good. Oh yeah. Finley and Juice Robinson, yeah, they've been killing it. And hey, look, those are two guys that you thought were gonna be Pretty low on this turn. No, I I said they were going to be middle of the road. They're not middle of the road. I know. They're, they're not even close to middle of the road. They're they're two points away from being right at the top, which I told you I said they're not going to win this thing, but mathematically they're going to be near the top, and it makes sense because Juice is going to look at the guys that are like right at the bottom, like Juice title contender, Zach title contender. These are guys who are having big singles matches coming up. They got to be protected and made to look strong. So that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much my review of the world tag league. Yeah. And so, you know, we have a few more nights this week, the finals, we've got five nights left. We've got every team has gone through nine matches. So there's four more regular tournament matches. Um, the third, the fourth, and then Friday and Thursday and Friday. The 6th and the 7th. The 6th and the 7th. That The 7th will be the final. And th- both of those are going to be full production shows uh, with Kevin Kelly. And I believe Excalibur Salibur, yep. from PWG fame is going to be calling those matches with him, which is awesome. And then the finals will be Sunday night, the 9th. Yeah. 
And so... So where we stand now, where do you see this thing going, man? Uh, I'm still uh, firmly behind Evil and Sonata um, winning this thing. Maybe before we go, we should just take a look and see. So we could do a quick sort of like prediction. Let's look at the field and see where everybody is. So at this point, I know we weren't going to discuss what happened on to, as of today's standings, but we're kind of here. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do it. So right now, Tamatanga and Tangaloa have 16 points, which means that they won their match today. Sonata and Evil won their match today. They're at 16 points. Ishii and Yano are at 16 points, so they won their match. They're still a three-way tie for first place. At second place, Killer Elite Squad has 14 points, so they also won their match. Um, Juice and Dave Finley are at 12 points, which I believe that means they they, lost. They lost, yeah. Elgin and Cobb won their match, but they're at 12 points. And then Saber and Taichi are at 10. Beretta and Chucky T are at 10, which means they both lost their matches. So because there are only three matches left... That means there's six points total that a team could hypothetically gain. So that means that Suzuki, Iska, Best Friends, and Saber and Taichi are all mathematically eliminated. The best they could hope to do is tie the teams that are there right now. Mm-hmm. And it seems likely that Elgin and Cobb and Juice and Finley are done as well. It would be a, they're they're not eliminated yet, but I mean. They would have to win all three of their matches going forward, and it's highly unlikely that the other teams are all going to lose. It, it's it's very unlikely. Right, so let, let's take a look at who these teams are facing these last few nights so we've got an idea of who could possibly really win this thing. Well, it's the four teams that we thought were going to lead this thing to begin with. So you've got Killer Elite Squad, G.O.D., um, Ishii and Yano of Chaos, and then um, Sonata and Evil from L.I.J. Mm-hmm. On night four, Killer Elite Squad has Hanare and Makabe. G.O.D. has the Young Lion team. Chaos has the best friends, and L.I.J. has Finjuice. So you can pretty much at this point determine that G.O.D.'s got a win going into that night. Yeah. On night six, Killer Elite... Uh, Squ- December 6th? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, December 6th. Uh, Hangman Page and Ujiro will take on Killer Elite Squad. G.O.D. will be taking on the Best Friends. Chaos is also going to be taking on the Young the young Lion team, so they'll pick up a win there most likely. Mm-hmm. And then on um, and then L.I.J. will be taking on Suzuki and Iska. The very interesting thing here, on the final night, December 7th, Killer Elite Squad's taking on L.I.J. Mm-hmm. And then Chaos is taking on G.O.D. So these four teams will be facing off against each other. They'll probably be very close in points, and that will probably determine... Be determined who's going to the finals, yeah. Yep. And, I mean, it's probably not rocket science. We probably could have just stopped and looked at the very, very... On, at what December 7th, 7th booking was to kind of get a feel for who would be like leading in this tournament. Um, right. I'm kind of glad we didn't, but at this point it does look like But the, I mean even without looking, we we pretty much knew those four teams would probably be at the top. Yeah, I think that there's a good chance in my opinion that it winds up being like LIJ and Killer Elite Squad. 
as sort of like a uh, one block final, and then Chaos and God as like another block final, and whoever wins those two matches will likely be facing off against each other in the finals. Yeah, that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, same here. So I think that um, I think Killer Elite Squad will win the next two nights. And I think there's a good chance that some of these teams might get upset to kind of e- even it out, even yeah. things out, mm-hmm. especially with like Chaos and God taking on the best friends, and Lij taking on Finjuice and Suzuki and Iska. Yeah, all three of those teams to me are potential spoilers, especially with best friends. We have no idea what's going on with Chucky T. I mean, he could try and act normal for a match and pull off a win. With best Uh-oh. friends going against Chaos, and they're all part of Chaos, you know, that's another kind of interesting mm, dynamic. Yeah. And, I mean, Finley and Juice, they, they can uh, pull up an upset on somebody. Even if, like, let's say Killer Elite Squad ends up going against LIJ and ends up tying them, but if they beat them on that seven, on that December 7th night, that's the tiebreaker. And then they even if they end up with equal points... They beat them, so they, they move beat them on. beat them and move on. So it's it is interesting that Killer Elite Squad and Lij are our two predictions, and they're going to be facing off on that December seventh night. So only one of us can be right, basically at that point. Yeah, because um, I don't see those two teams, <clears throat> given the scenario, ending up in a rematch in the finals. Basically, so mm-hmm. this is kind of like your playoffs right here is what what we're winding up with. Right. Very interesting stuff, man. So we're here. That's pretty much it. Yeah, man, World Tag League 2018 will be in the books. All right, so now we're going to uh, jump into the news here. Uh, I'm going to start off with the Young Bucks. They had some replies to the All Elite Wrestling uh, final or filings. Um, the Young Bucks, um, they appeared on the latest edition of the Wrestling Perspective podcast with Petey Williams and Dennis Farrell. Um, and during the appearance, they were asked about the recent filings of All Elite Wrestling. Um, you know, what you talked about, which is led to be, uh, be led by Tony Khan, who's the son of the Jacksonville Jaguars owner, Jaid Khan. Um, so Matt talked about All In September being so special. He said that All In felt like more than just a wrestling event, but more like a religious experience. He said that after that, it did. <laughs> he said that after that event, he asked the fans if they wanted more of it, and there was an uproar. He said it was has become a movement. So they sat as a group that night and talked about doing another event. Matt noted that they knew that they were would be another one in some capacity, whether it's a year from now or even further down the road. We're in a situation now where we don't know exactly what we're going to do, but we want to protect ourselves in case we decide we want to do something. Matt said. We want to be proactive, and we want to get ahead of this thing. We, the elite, are all sticking together, and we're going to do this thing as a unit. So whatever we decide to do, we absolutely are going to do this as a team. We're going to do this as the elite. It's going to be an interesting 2019. Uh, the Bucks will become free agents on January 1st. Nick Jackson said they literally have offers on the table from everyone, and Matt noted there are investors that want to work with them as well. There's still a lot to be discussed, Nick said. We haven't really said no to anything. We're just keeping our options open and protecting ourselves at the same time. Matt and Nick added that Ring of Honor have been 100% great and supportive with them. I'll tell you this. They've still been very active in negotiating with us to say, Nick said. Matt added, as far as the ROH part of this goes, we've made our decision, 
and don't want to give it away either because we have a huge storyline on our Being the Elite show, so I don't want to give it away spoilers. Matt added that the last few years have been the best in his career, and it was because ROH let them let their hair down and stood by them. They've been incredible partners, Matt said. Whatever happens on January 1st, I'll never take that away. So, yeah, man. What are your thoughts on what the Bucks have to say here? I mean, it's kind of boilerplate. There's nothing uh, illuminating there. I did, I did uh, hear where they had kind of mentioned that some of these trademarks that were taken out were things that they... Um, you know, we're just trying to trademark for future use. Get ahead of it. Get ahead of it. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, some of the trademarks that have been taken out, they didn't trademark. Uh, this this, you know, group. You said it was uh, the Con Group. You know, with mm-hmm. AEW, they're the ones who own some of those trademarks that they would like to use. So what that means is, if this project takes off and it becomes a thing, then great. But hypothetically, if these guys wanted to use some of the like. Double or nothing, or you know, Tuesday Night Dynamite. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they can't without the permission of the people that trademarked it, because they themselves did not trademark it. I also did see. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but like um, Cody and Brandy were like with were and 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 Jacksonville game this Sunday. Yeah, yeah, in the in the uh, booth or whatever. Yeah, so that's kind of telling as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's very interesting stuff. I mean, I really. I don't know what's happening. I, I I think most pundits and people that are more knowledgeable about business, this sort of thing, they all pretty much say that there's no point in doing this project unless they get a TV deal. So, I mean, they could probably like have some level of success, but like to make the kind of money that they're looking that they should make, they need TV. They need yeah. TV. They need yeah. distribution. Um, and that's the bottom line. So like without that, and it's a big what, it's a big if, you know, and we don't know how it's going to affect Ring of Honor and, you know, the American scene and New Japan and all that. So like anything can happen at this point. We have no idea. And the more I've like kind of pondered it, it does seem kind of crazy. It's like what, if this thing pops off, what does it mean for, you know, that, well, obviously, I mean, like. Before we move on, like we're gonna talk about WWE here in a moment, but we should just talk about the fact that, like, dude, WWE is signing everybody. Like, they have made several major high-profile. I know we touched on it last week, but like since that time, like the entire like UK contracts have changed. They signed Walter to a deal. Yeah, we mentioned Walter last week. Yeah. They signed Jonah Rock to a deal. They signed Ilja Dragunov to a deal. Like, and then um, you know. Different guys are getting booked. Uh, we're going to talk about... Well, we might as well bring it up now. Brody King and PCO just both got signed by Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, people are drawing the battle lines right now. Yeah, dude. Everybody's snatching up talent right now. Yeah. And it's like, dude, like I should have become a worker and been on the scene because <laughs> like it doesn't matter who you are. You're about to get a freaking TV deal. Like, yeah, you better get signed by somebody. So it, it also makes you wonder, like, what is... Like, this is what I... F- thought was going to happen when flow slam became a thing and all these streaming services and everything was becoming like battle lines were being drawn back then and then it kind of fell apart and things kind of became more of this like inter-promotional we're going to work together sort of thing but it it, that it feels like that's going away very those battle lines are being drawn yeah yeah 
Um, especially, I mean, this is non-New Japan or WWE related, but, um, you know, recently with, you know, LAX having to be pulled off of Evolve cards because Impact doesn't want their champions losing. It's like... And, you know, Gabe Sapolsky actually um, came out publicly and said, like, that they acquiesced to those requests and came up with scenarios where they were not going to lose. They weren't going right. to take any they, falls. They did, like, a six-man tag the next night and then uh, a triple threat tag. Yeah, they weren't going to take the falls. And they still wouldn't let him do it because – and it makes perfect sense from a business standpoint. It is interesting though because Impact has been like the company that's let their guys work pretty much wherever they wanted. So that's why it's kind of significant. Impact like doesn't pull guys off deals. But I mean if you think about it, you're looking at a company in Evolve that is working hand-in-hand with, with uh, WWE. WWE. And, and the guys they're facing are Street Profits, who are all over NXT TV and the Largo Loop. They're not even really on TV, are they? Yeah, they're still been on NXT TV. Okay. But, I mean, like, you know, they're like pre- prelim guys on TV, basically. They right. haven't even really been elevated. And at some point, it's it's conceivable that the Evolve library, or at least the WWE Evolve shows, are going to show up on the network. And do you want your World Tag Team Champions, like, being in a losing effort in a... In, fear, in a smaller indie promotion that's getting showcased by WWE, it doesn't really make good business sense. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of WWE, the announcement came out that they switch NXT TakeOver to Friday. Woo! The Hall of Fame now being on Saturday. Yeah, boy. Which means they are no longer competing with Ring of Honor in New Japan, which means we can go to TakeOver and Supercard. <laughs> if we get tickets. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, oh my God! You know, one time I had tickets for uh, for NXT in Orlando, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I, I let a girl <laughs> <laughs> distract me, and I didn't end up going to that show. Dang, hard times. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, longtime independent wrestler Excalibur. You might know him from PWG, and he does a lot of the commentary now for PWG. You don't know what hot times is, daddy. <laughs> he'll, uh, he'll be um, joining Kevin Kelly for a commentary on uh, New Japan World December 6th, 7th, and 9th. Excalibur's good, man. Yeah, he is. He was on commentary for All In as well. Yeah. Um, G1 Supercard will be airing live on New Japan World. Yeah, so you guys might be able to see our mugs out there in the... In, in the Madison Square Garden amongst the however how many fans are going to that show like 15,000 I think that's it yeah I thought it was like 16 or something or maybe, well, maybe more I don't yeah. know I don't know yeah somewhere in that it's range it's gonna be a lot though yeah oh before we move on like what's the deal with WWE switching takeover to Friday like cause they're so, saying they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart they it just said, seems so unlikely they said that it w- they figured it would be more friendly or whatever for their fans so I think that there were people who immediately were hypothesizing that the competition from Madison Square Garden and from you know the New Japan Ring of Honor joint show was something that they were worried about. And maybe they were con- kind of concerned that if they didn't sell out the Barclays Center or something like that, you know, it wouldn't look good. I say that's bullcrap. I know that we're not like on the end, but I just don't think that that's even a little bit true. I don't think it's true at all. Bro, TakeOver sells out, like, on WrestleMania weekend. I don't mm-hmm. care what show is going on. Like, how many people are going to be at MetLife? For WrestleMania? Yeah. 
like 80 something yeah there's no way they're not selling out takeover like those bro how many times have we been at wrestle like at wrestlemania weekend and the people we talk to don't even know about other wrestling right they don't even know that other stuff is going on like when you tell them other stuff exists they're like what <laughs> they're literally like wwe marks don't know about this sort of stuff so yes there probably are some crossover and there are some people that were like drawn away from takeover to this Takeover is gonna sell out. You put on Thursday, you put on Friday, you put on Saturday. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter what it's going against. It's gonna freaking sell. It's WrestleMania weekend, and the people that came from around the world are gonna buy Takeover tickets. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I don't think for a moment that they moved it to avoid competition from a show that already got sold out anyways. It's been sold out for a long time, so it's not like they're having like the damage is done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, maybe the takeover show. The takeover show is probably going to sell. Maybe it's not going to sell as fast as MSG sold out. Maybe. Maybe uh, that's something they're worried about. But I, I don't know. I really don't think that's what it is. So there are some things that people are hypothesizing. There, there's the thought that maybe um, they're actually going to run like a bigger name for the Hall of Fame, and that might have something to do with their decision to run the Hall of Fame on Saturday versus the Friday. Right. Um, there's a potential of you know all elite wrestling having wanting to have a show on a Friday, so they're blocking them. There is that that is the rumor that people are starting to come up with. It seems a little premature in my mind for this group who's getting announced hypothetically if it if it's actually happening, you know, here in just a few weeks in January. Yeah, January first, yeah. For them to turn around and have a show WrestleMania weekend, that would seem very very quick. That being the case, they could probably get it done, and wrestle and like WrestleMania weekend would be like the perfect time to do something, if you were gonna do something. Um, there are people with the latest being the elite. And we'll talk about it. There was some strange things with Nick Jackson that might make you think that they are <laughs> getting ready to run a show. Yeah, and so there have been rumors flying around that really why they moved the show is to block the potential of a Friday show from other outside interests like all elite and it has nothing to do with new japan and ring of honor yeah so i don't know but wwe does not make moves like this for no reason right there's all this they're very calculated they're very calculated yeah. i really don't think that they did this because of new japan and ring of honor yeah why would i mean they, they if they were gonna do that they would have just changed it a long time ago they wouldn't have waited this long to make this sort of change it right. seems so abrupt this is very reactionary Yes. They, they know something that we don't know. Yeah. So All, we'll, we'll keep our eyes on that. Also, before we move on, one last thing about the changing, um, you know, stuff that's changing. There have been reports from multiple promoters and multiple, like, sources about contract tampering and with guys getting signed up and stuff. There have been, like, literal reports about WWE reaching out, you know, and, and breaking, like, contracts and clauses and stuff like that. Um, I was even listening to Court Bauer today, on, and he was talking about how they've literally had to send cease and desist several times in the past year to tell that like WWE stop talking to their guys when they're under contract. Mm. And that's like from the source. Yeah, I, Court like, Bauer, the big man in charge in MLW. Yeah. Yeah, and he said that he and like um, Dave Meltzer reported the same thing, and like there've been like rumors flying around for a while that like they've been talking to the New Japan guys and that they've been talking to. Ring of Honor guys, guys that were, and some guys under contract, some guys not. Well, remember Naito said that they try to hit him up. Yeah, and so like there's been a lot of that going on. Um, 
this company is trying to snuff out any chance of like a real competition in America coming to them. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it or not. They're trying. They're trying. <laughs> um, so moving on, uh, there were 5,000 applications for tickets sent in for New Year's DAS um, just from the New Japan Fan Club. The problem is there are only 1,700 for sale, and there may be more than 2,000 Americans going that week who will want to see New Year's DAS, and not to mention fans in Tokyo or traveling to Tokyo from Japan and other countries. So New Year's DAS is going to be it's gonna be a packed house. They need to do closed circuit TV like the 1980s, <laughs> <laughs> or they actually probably need to open like hold New Year's Dash in a bigger arena next year and like not do cork and right. I know I know it's a tradition. I know it's like you know what they like to do, but dude, you, get the money. Yeah, you got people coming there. Like, there's a lot of people that want to go to that show. Like that show has become a big deal. Um. NJPW1972.com did a two-part interview with IWGP IC champ Chris Jericho. Check that out on the website. Talks a lot about um, Evil and Naito and Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, speaking of Chris Jericho, he was pictured uh, recently with Don Callis and Scott, and Scott Demore, which have been fueling um, Impact rumors that Jericho will be appearing for Impact sometime in 2019. Um Juice Robinson has done a recent uh, backstage interview talking about taking back the IWGP uh, US champion. He said, in the back of my head, there's Cody, that prima donna son of a bitch, um, that bleach blonde suit wearing silver spoon up his ass, walking around with my IWGP US championship. Yeah, he beat me fair and square. I've never beaten Cody, but I will beat Cody. And I don't know when, I don't know where, but the next time Juice Robinson is in the ring with the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, it's going to be for the U.S. Championship. And I'm going to walk out of whatever effing building it is with it over my shoulder. Nice. So, you know, there's anticipation for Juice and Cody happening at Wrestle Kingdom. There's anticipation that Juice will do what Juice does. (laughs) Fog. (laughs) (laughs) Um... New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced this week that they will be airing every Sunday in South Korea on FX. The show will air past matches from 9pm to 11pm. The free match of the week is Evil and Sonata vs. Tamatonga and Tangaloa from the World Tag League 2017 Finals. A great matchup, so if you haven't watched that, check it out. Well, I mean, it was, it's a good match. I did not think it was a good match. Yeah. Maybe I'm just not remembering it as well, but... I remember being super overbooked, and I, like, hated it, and I couldn't believe that that was the finals. Uh, well, I don't know. Check it out. Let, let us know what you think about it. Uh, Rev Pro has booked Will Ospreay versus Pac for High Stakes 2019. I believe it's happening in February, and wow, what a hell of a match that's going to be. I think Pac is... Uh, challenging for the um, Dragon Gate Championship. Yeah, the open, open the what is it? Open the Dragon. Open the Dragon Gate. Is I don't know. I don't follow that promotion. Yeah, I know it's open to something. Yeah, but yeah, he's challenging for that. Their Who's top he wrestling top. in January? Is it ZSJ? He's yes, like, Saber on January fifth or sixth. Six. So he's yeah. wrestling Saber on the sixth, and then he's got Will Osprey at Red Pro High Stakes. Um, I saw one of Will Ospreay's stories and he said that like he's been hit up by so many wrestlers he's like I feel like half the crowd is going to be pro wrestlers <laughs> like that's how po- like that's how like hot this match is going to be yeah um that's going to be a banger like th- there's no way that that doesn't 
that might be match of the year, bro. Like yeah. that has that that has early match of the year contender written all over it. Yeah. And probably that might end up being like one of our excursion matches of the year. Like, oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, like we already mentioned, uh, Brody King and PCO have signed with Ring of Honor. Dragon Lee will be making his MLW debut this week, uh, the 13th and the, well, not this week, but coming up on the 13th and the 14th. And then last thing we've got to cover is uh, Being the Elite episode titled Premonition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a premonition. <laughs> Oh, man. So, you know, this episode, I mean, the main thing was all about uh, Nick Jackson's vision at the end, or something happening on New Year's oh Day. Oh, my God, bro. I love when Nick Jackson gets visions. It's the funniest crap. Like, it's my favorite bit that they do. Like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> you guys can't see me, but I'm, I'm doing the, the Nick Jackson. It's awesome. Uh, and then, you know, you had um, Cody and Brandy seem to be getting the money shakes again. Um I'm kind of over that bit. There's a lot that I haven't... Like, every time I watch Being the Elite lately, I'm kind of not in love with it the way I was earlier in the year. Yeah. But this... It's been interesting to kind of follow it because we don't know what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Daniels is struggling with his SCU identity. That's... Yeah, that's funny. He's from Michigan like me. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, Marty's still trying to get people to go to his party. He got Kenny Omega locked in. Uh, yeah, Ujiro and Hangman were doing bits, but I did not understand what Ujiro was saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I did not get the bit at all. I was yeah. just like, all right. Yeah, the only thing I understand was like him saying, like, don't trust those. Boys. Yeah. Yeah. But besides that, I don't know what he, the second thing that he had said. Probably some story that won't lead to anything. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, overall. Uh, the, the, the main really interesting thing was at the end of the show, Nick Jackson got that premonition and... Anytime Nick Jackson gets a vision... It comes true. ...on the show, it usually relates to something big business-wise that they're doing. Um, We've seen this in the past where he had, like, visions and it had to do with um, the Young Bucks against the Golden Lovers at Long Beach. He had another one, and it was Cody versus Kenny at Supercard of Honor. Mm -hmm. He had another one, and it had to do with All In. Yeah. So he hasn't had one of these in a while, and I'm guessing it either has to do with... And afterwards, after he had his vision, during the vision, they, they showed shots of All In... And they showed shots of of the uh, fireworks and the ball dropping. Fireworks and the ball dropping, and then it, it and all the guys like hugging and stuff. And it seemed to, re- and then uh, I did catch Cody being being like double or nothing. Yeah. So it seems like they're maybe maybe they're gonna announce all in two or maybe the new promotion. That's what it seems like it's leading to. Yeah. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for the news. You know, next week we'll be back with our review of the World Tag League Finals and all the kind of World Tag League fallout and build going into the road to Tokyo Dome and the you know Wrestle Kingdom. Dude, but, Wrestle Kingdom's coming up. You know, make sure you get your votes in in our second annual Keeping a Strong Style Year End Awards and share those votes with your fellow New Japan uh, fans and friends. Uh, and yeah, and, you know, one year in the books, and we're ready to kick off another year, man. I'm out. <laughs> Tap. <laughs>
Uh, I, I, we need to work out a new deal. Like, I need a new contract negotiation. Because <laughs> I'm a busy man. I need to get on one of those. You can be like the Kevin Kelly. I, I'm going to get on that Don no, Callis schedule. <laughs> oh, man. I'm coming for the big shows, brother. So, you can support our show by subscribing our Social Super Podcast Network and leaving a rating and review. Make sure you connect with us on social media, on Twitter. The show is at KI Strong Style. I'm at Jeremy L. Donovan. Social Suplex is at Social Suplex. Uh, Facebook, we're Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can also join us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Reddit, I am the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping it strong style. You can email me, Jeremy, at SocialSuplex.com to send in questions or if you have any interest in being a part of Social Suplex. Check out all the other shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. One Nation Radio, hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd. They just dropped their uh, NXT TakeOver reviews for all of 2018. Very good. Yeah, check that out. Uh, the Rookie and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. Those guys went to ICW this weekend, so I'm sure they're going to be... loathing. Yeah, they're going to be talking all about that on their show this week. The Outsider's Edge featuring Rance, Carl, and Kyle. And our podcast dedicated to independent wrestling Grown Men Watch This Shit, hosted by Jeremy Tate and Chris Bryant. So don't forget, subscribe, and leave a rating and review. And until next time, goodbye and good night. Bang! Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 